with your pinky finger, like the little end goes kind of limp and it just, I used to be like obsessed with it when I was a kid. Valiant. Amani. Track. There goes your uh, theme music right there. There it goes. Lord, I haven't heard that in a minute. <laughs> my hands aren't stupid, all right? Don't insult my hands. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Yeah, see? Hey, how do you put up your middle finger? Let me see it. Just do it. Just give me the, give me the finger. You do it like that. All right. You do it. I do this with my see the, my finger? See what what is that? It's like a halfway gun. That's like a semi-automatic <laughs> uh, finger. I don't know why I do that. It looks fucking dumb, right? <laughs> no, no, I was just giving you guys the finger. Yeah, that's fine. They can't hear you? Unmute unmute the mics. God damn it. You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be on here, bro. Wow, you're like mute to the world, my brother. Oh, Erica says Erica can hear. Wait, can you guys hear or not? Oh. Give me. All right, Erica so, can hear. So now me and V gotta hold it down. This, this is a special. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah, it's the special TV division. Right oh, now. I see. One day, oh, no, I got, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. I got it. Go fuck yourselves. Oh, see? damn. All right. No, I'm a, here's why I'm upset. <laughs> oh, damn, bro. Here's, here's, here's why I'm upset. All this anger and aggression, bro. Here's why I'm upset with y'all, right? No, boy. Look, we got with three. Us? Yeah, with y'all. I'm going to tell you why. This is make total sense, right? There are three microphones here, okay? And when my mic screws up, all y'all do is get quiet and point out how I suck instead of feeling the dead air. If the mic went off, if a DJ was playing and the decks cut out, y'all be the first ones to, oh, shit, let me bust a freestyle. I was talking. <laughs> but <laughs> when my shit goes a, out. There's no DJ. Ladies and gentlemen, let me explain. Metapatic, don't use my emoji against me already. We just started. <laughs> what a Metapatic I is Damn it, ATL. <laughs> anyway, I'm on a different mic because if you guys notice every week we're crackling and this thing has been causing me problems and we found out that that's what the catalyst was. So now I'm coming through crystal clear, but I forgot to set it. It was coming through Zoom, but not through the OB. Whatever. Who gives a shit? Roti and Poutine, what's going on? My name is MCO. Money Rain. That is the valiant. Look at it. I pointed the right way. Aha. Did you? I don't know. To me, to me, you look like you're pointing the opposite direction. Because we're cause we not looking Whatever. at the template. Right. I got oh, it. Oh, that's anyway, right. That's oh, I got Oh, check it out. The historian oh. MC Bubba. Valiant MC. The value one. Mr. Follow the Dots himself, the track MC down there. Hashtag follow the dots. No, Hashtag. don't forget the dots. Don't. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget, the dots. don't forget the dots. Yeah, let's be clear about this shit. Let's be clear about it. This whole episode is full of smoke. 
I know you, AMC. I know you. Oh, <laughs> God. Damn it. He's like, who's this dude that only gets 10,000 streams a year? <laughs> hey, Meta Pattern very politely told me to shut the fuck up. That's crazy. Oh, <laughs> I thought we was friends. I thought we was friends. How is everybody today, man? How big up everybody in the chat? Hope you're all doing well. We've got... Happy uh, Thursday, yeah, okay. What's up, fam? What's up, Burner Brothers? Yo! BB's in the place. BB's in the house! I assume that's Mr. Scene. We have a tune releasing tomorrow. It is premiered on Bass Rush. You can go check it out right now if you don't want to wait, but I, I would also like you to check it out at 12 o'clock or tomorrow or the day after that. Uh, we're also going to play it here tonight, so one way or another you're going to hear this tune, whether you like it or not. Proud of it. Working on the video. Working on the video. Video's coming out. Things are gonna be, <laughs> I don't know how to do Shoot him again and shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm killing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are, this show is fantastic. Anyway, what's good, man? I see Atlanta in the building. Let me see who else is in the building. DC, what's good? UK and Harry always in. Dilly's like the first person in here every time, bro. I love it. I'm getting a little bit of loop back from one of you guys. Oh, for Christ's sake. It doesn't matter. We're not gonna be on long. Uh, that's true. All right. <laughs> so, so as you know, down something. somebody turned down something. Look, man. Does anyone else hear oh. double? Does which one you hearing? Who you hearing double? Not hearing it for me because I got weird. heard doubles here. Yeah. You're weird. All right, we we did it. It sounded wrong again. Yeah, we good. We good, right? There's definitely good. some feedback. Look, doesn't matter. We're gonna get out of here in a minute. Right. Uh, for those who want to hear the wonderful Chickaboo, we had pre-recorded the interview. Uh, we sat down. We had a lovely chat. I'm not going to spill any beans on what it's about, obviously, because you're about to watch it. It's a chat not to be missed, yes. Uh, but it is a reminder. I like to remind you guys every single time. It is pre-recorded. We will be in the chat. But uh, all those who come in and start firing questions to her and wonder why she's not responding to you is because that's not how technology works. So, Yeah, you know, so... You know, if you and if you need more layman's, sometimes you know UK cats can't stay up till four in the morning or three in the morning to be with us. So we're lucky sometimes, sometimes when it does happen, and then sometimes we just gotta go with the plan. And honestly, just having the presence here, I believe, is is enough. So much love for y'all for tuning in. Much love to everybody that's been here for the long road. I don't even know what episode we up to right now, but I know it's a lot. You know what I mean? I will say I'm glad you did that little explanation because the chat has pointed out that you're the one with the feedback. Ah, what feedback, though? It's just because we can't hear it doesn't mean it's not there. Good, sir. I love I you can't either hear way. It. Feedback. I, I don't know how to... Con- I can't fix something I can't hear. Tell them it's positive feedback. Oh, positive feedback. Bad. Oh, yeah, I cut it out. Damn it. Oh, <laughs> shit. I have a really good dad joke for the end of the show. Anyway, Chickaboo came on. Unless you came prepared, Valiant. Did you or did you not? Uh, uh, I'll be prepared. I'll be prepared at the end of the episode because I always forget. Anyway, uh, big ups to everybody in the chat. Like Once again, thank you, Chickaboo, for coming through. We will play the episode right now. And, uh, yeah. Peace to the gods. And then hopefully I'm not feedbacking now, but we'll see. Bye. Bye. Yo, what's goody? Uh, it is the Roti and Poutine Podcast. We've probably already intro the scene, but I'm going to do it again anyway because that's 
That's what we do. We intro ourselves. If I don't, Valiant's going to make fun of me for not being professional. So I am the MC Armani Rain. That is the Valiant. I did it again. The Valiant MC, the T.R.A.C. And we are here with a very, very, very special guest. We are all happy to bring forth. I could name accolades that we have printed. We can say so many beautiful things, just a proper representation. Part of my origin story from way back in WMC days, one of the first female MCs I've ever seen. I truly cannot say enough, but we will spend the next two hours talking about it. Chickaboo, how are you? Oh, I'm feeling great. Thank you so much for the intro. I started feeling a bit shy and then I pulled it back again. I pulled it back. I was like, I'm big bag chickaboo, yeah. Don't forget that. Yeah. Absolutely. Halfway through, I started getting a bit Where? like, oh, that's really sweet. And then I was like, no, 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 no. pull it back, pull it back. Bad guys. Yeah. Big bad chickaboo. I like that. <laughs> oh man so a shirt that says that big bad chickaboo absolutely <laughs> right big bad chickaboo oh so it yeah, does sound like a sandwich one. though that you might get in a chicken shop it could be a sandwich too Why i'll not? eat that sandwich i would yeah, eat that came out right. for sure yeah, yeah, for sure <laughs> we nobody named, heard we named our show after food, nobody heard <laughs> <laughs> it's already gone left we just yeah started. absolutely <laughs> they always do every time <laughs> This show has never started properly, and it always goes from like, oh, man, this looks really good. What happened? If you listen to each episode on, like, Spotify, it always starts off with people laughing and saying, like, it sounds completely disorganized. That's all right, though. But we are. We're totally organized. (laughs) Yeah, I'm getting that. I can feel the smoothness. Yeah. Yeah, from you across know. the water. Yeah. I can this is it. vodka. It, it takes no, a while before you get it. <laughs> Always, you got to warm up. This is a cigarette. <laughs> totally, totally. Hey, so let's start this off in a proper sense before we get back into what we were talking about before Valiant told us we were screw-ups. Uh, <laughs> what is your bucket list food? My bucket list food? Bucket yeah, you're, list. You're dying like, tomorrow. What are yeah, you eating? Hypothetically. Oh, I think I'm going to have to go like really, um, really wank and say like a five star or like a Michelin starred Japanese restaurant. Uh, I think, and uh, all the yeah. stuff that comes within a really good quality Japanese restaurant from the sushi to the hot dishes to the hot stones. You know, plus, I mean, if you play your cards right, you might get a little massage in the bathroom as well. <laughs> There's always that. What special Japanese space are you talking about? Is that a... Do they do that? Do they rub you and feed nah, you? Not, in not at a restaurant. I think it's more in... Uh, I, well, I had that experience in China. I was there with... Um, I think I was there with Rennie Pilgrim or, or Superstar Deluxe. And he came out completely white as a sheet shaken visibly like quivering and i was like mate what's wrong and he said he was in the toilets at the urinal with his dick in his hand and the toilet assistant came and started massaging his shoulders that's why you were in there for so kid. long <laughs> So I was like, wait, they're not doing that in the gun toilet. Like, they're just, like, handing over a little piece of... And he's always, like, a little two-sheet of single-ply, like, here you go. You thought you got got slided. The (laughs) men, them, are getting rubbed. Full-on 
physical altercations while they're having a piss. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of my. Uh, see, that wouldn't work for me, man. I get stage fright at the urinal. I yeah, can't. I can't. You might turn into Eddie Murphy in the, in the in the urinal. Get off of me! What is I this just don't want you massaging me while I'm taking a piss. Yeah. yeah. There's no way he can. He said, "I said, what happened?" He said, "It just froze." Like he just <laughs> and like he just—he basically just shook it off and got out of there because he couldn't deal with someone touching him while he was like trying to use the toilet. Yikes! Yeah, that Japanese guy must have had some fun with that one. At the same but time, I, you were like, like I was wondering idea. why you were in there for a half an hour. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> track, what's your track? What was your food of the week? We know what your bucket list. What was your food of the week? Man, I just had some good proper. Uh, hold on, hold on. Yeah, Italian. So uh, that was the good stuff this week. Just this really dope spot out here called Serafina's that does Serafina. Yeah, it's one of the most amazing Italian spots I've had and ever. When it comes to stateside food, because when you go over to the war, it's a whole another ordeal, of course. But In- interesting, you have an Italian spot named Serafina. That's not well, the first thing I think of when I hear that name. What do you think of? Yeah, what do you think the of? Broadway? The Broadway show? Well, yeah, there was that, and it was a movie as well. It was so a movie. That's South Africa. Africa. Uh, yeah, in Africa. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's South African it's, or something. Yeah, you it? should go peep that movie. It's a really good film. Well, they might be Sicilian, so it's It's possible. actually a true story. Yeah, they could be Sicilian, so, you know. It's a true story. There's another true story. It is a true story. It is a true story. I was going to say, yeah. But it's tough. Brian looked at me weird. I was like, am I handing my card in? No, I'm not looking at you weird. (laughs) You're too weird. (laughs) Let's reach for my wallet. What what does Sicilian have to do with being. Well, what? (laughs) Oh, no, we're not doing that. Anyway, Valiant, we're not doing that. Nope. (laughs) Moving on. We like, don't, we'll, we'll, don't break it down. Don't we'll break it down. No, nope. <laughs> no, at all, at whatsoever. <laughs> Diane, what was your food of the week, please? Quickly. Uh, I made, <laughs> I made a really killer. I know it's, it's, it's super basic. These really killer nachos last night from the Jeez. leftover chili that my mother-in-law made the night before, right? right? I love. And so, chili. and we, I got found these. Uh, this place makes these homemade tortilla chips that are like killer they're super thin and i got like a couple of different kinds of cheese and like green onions and cilantro and the chili and like I, I mean this it was like 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 that thick of like layers of chips and chili and cheese and everything and it was like i wasn't even high and i felt like i was stoned <laughs> you know what i mean like it was, nice, nice. It was good yeah all right is that a meal though i would be a bit disappointed at <laughs> a meal like, I need deal. something more substantial, but then I'm half sure. Jamaican, so that's well. well this is just this is just the food that I ate. That was just the best dish I had this week. It was like just oh, real... I see, right, yeah, right, yeah, right. Because yeah. we do it every yeah, week, so if that, we were like, so we'll ask you what your bucket list food is, and then we'll just talk about what we had this week. Although, yeah. did you have anything good this week? Um, I make pretty good Jamaican food. I'm have to stop. So I cook for myself early. quite a lot. So that's quite good. And I cook for everybody else I know that tends to come round and stuff when they know that I've got the pots heating. Let me ask so. you, are you one of those people that like actually like really enjoys your own cooking? Or are you one of those people yeah. that's, that's kind of like, you know how like some people are really good cooks, but they're not really into their own cooking because they made it? No. Um, really? I found the trick for me is to get somebody else to serve up. So oh, I can do all okay. the cooking and then they if somebody else puts it on the plate for me, it's almost like my brain forgets that I cooked it and then I'm thanking them like, Oh, thank you so much. That was delicious. But so that's how I get around. <laughs> I like it. that. I like that. Okay. All right. 
Yeah. All right. Well, before looks we like I got on, two people to visit in Berman and right? I was like, <laughs> so, like, so we stopping by as soon as this pandemic. Um, Absolutely. I, I have to tell my 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 best food of the week. And while I was sitting here thinking, man, I really made this sick stir fry yesterday with shrimp and orange glaze. I realized that I'm disappointed in both my co-hosts once again. We just had Thanksgiving. Well, you didn't, Valiant. So you're off the hook. So Track, you have no excuse. We had Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was fantastic. Probably one of the best Thanksgiving meals I've had. Turkey. I forgot. I don't know how you <laughs> forgot. What does that even mean? So we had all the usuals. You know, the the, the wife cooked some vegetarian stuff that was good. The, my mom's and my sister. Mostly my sister, actually. She took over a lot of the, the meat ordeals as far as that's concerning. Well, my wife made a fantastic bacon-wrapped ham with cloves, and it's crazy. Oh. <clears throat> and while we had all those regular things, what I'm going to say is probably what I hate we do regularly that I make fun of. My sister did something with the leftovers this year because we were all together that I can't even say on air because it was so delicious. I don't want y'all stealing her idea. But that whole, like, taking the turkey and making a sandwich out of it is done. (laughs) She created this thing that was so damn genius with all the cranberry and Man, it was I think I know what you said. I think you know what she did, but I'll tell you when we get off. I just don't want to say it. All right, say it over. You know what I mean? It's we ain't telling here. y'all. That's body it's right there. That's the headline. Oh, I know what I'm about to make money on. So, wait, wait. When you have um, Thanksgiving and then you have Christmas, uh-huh. isn't it the same dinner again? At Christmas? No, no, not no. necessarily. For me, it is. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I, I don't mind the repeat. Like turkey no. dinner with loads of stuff and hams well, it's, and it's the same. And, like, that's kind of what it's we about have at Christmas. Same. It's, it's about, about the same. No, it's, it's it's the same traditionally, but not. It doesn't. It's not turkey. Uh, uh, theme, the turkey's not exactly. You know I mean? Yeah. Right. It could be. Oh, really? Right. Turkey specifically yeah. Thanksgiving. The turkey specifically. Oh, in the Christmas. Okay. Christmas is ham. It's Christmas right. ham. Ham, oh, well, see, I've never had ham pot, You know what I mean? At uh, Christmas, I've never had ham at Christmas. What's no. wrong with you? Are you okay? With pineapples and roasted? Nah, no. no. I'm, not, I'm, not ham, I'm not a ham person. No, well, you'll get like um, ham, but that's about it. They do like a gammon. They put like honey and all this stuff on it at Christmas, but that's kind of just extra meat. They'll right. also mm. make like a leg of lamb and a turkey and a joint of beef. It depends on how many people. If there's more than three people, there's probably at least four different types of meat, mm. probably. And so like it's, yeah, Christmas dinner, so, it does center around a turkey or a goose. It used to be in mm. England, but nobody eats them anymore. They just go for the turkey. So Christmas for us, we is more like uh, the dinner isn't as gluttonous. <laughs> it's just more. It's kind of like you know what I mean. It's like very specific. It's rich. Yeah. It's yeah. It's a, it's a little more than your normal thing because it's Christmas. Right. Right. Thanksgiving is like we're making food. Like a whole army is showing up, even if there's three people there. Like, right, right. You know what I mean. So it's a bit but of a. Different it could thing. happen on Christmas too, as well. For sure. For you sure. Know, people, I feel like I'm still mad that he either. said he doesn't like ham. I feel like we skipped over that really quickly. And I'll, I'm, I'm not really old ham. I just said I'm really? not into ham. That's I'm not into it. That's all. I don't mind it. I just don't really Same. love it. Same here. Like, if I have to, yeah. I'll eat it. But I would never choose it. I'd no, I yeah. don't really make it. I know yeah. how to. Yeah. I feel like Christmas for me, there was always more of a, an onus. Well, I mean, there was the dinner stuff. But then the sweets afterwards, there was like, there was like a huge range of that stuff so there's like more of an onus on that stuff for me growing up at around christmas time we always had like 
Christmas three or four kinds of pie and a couple of cakes and a whole bunch of cookies and chocolates and blah 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 blah. Absolutely. So Thanksgiving has like uh, two pies. Yeah, pretty much. You know, I was just going to say when it comes to Christmas, pepper pot for me, I'm done for the rest of the time. That's a Guyanese dish. Monty knows what I'm talking about. For sure, for sure. My father makes it the best. I just go straight to his place, bowl it, come home. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So. As we were, now that we got the food thing out the way. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was a proper ending. Yeah, yeah I like that. Scene. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm like done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm over you know, it. Yeah, it's early. I haven't probably eaten yet. You know what I'm saying? He's <laughs> upsetting me. <laughs> um, we were talking before the break. You just moved. You bought a house? Yep. I'm out of London now. So I've come out, out to another city. It's quiet and calm. Like if I look out of my window, I'm looking at a park. And in that park, there are deer, foxes, and there's like birds, and it's just a completely different world here um, compared to what I've just come from, and the size of it as well. I sold my small ass flat and bought a house, like a house with a garage and a driveway and garden, and everybody back you out. That's I'm telling you, that's because absolutely. Thank you. But it's because <laughs> London is just so crazily priced. So yeah, if you own yeah, a postage stamp in London, you can exchange it for like, you know, 10 lottery tickets up here. It's mad. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, so it's super crowded out there, man. Like, let traffic. my ego go. And I don't really go to all the theatres and the exhibitions and all the things that sort of make living in a major city really cool. Right. I sort of realize that I'm not really utilizing it in the way that I should be and then spending all this money just to live somewhere just to say that I live there because I'm emotionally attached to it so actually if I just thought a bit clearer took emotions out of it it makes more financial sense to do what I'm doing now so it took a lot of sort of soul searching and ego removal so once i took the i out of the situation it became much easier to deal with and so i've relocated like fuck it i've got to do it yeah i fully understand it, it, it I, I don't know if it necessarily comes with age when i was growing up and even uh with my wife and i spoke when we always talked just like oh we live in a city and no matter how old we get we'll get a loft in the city above the city 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 and then i got yeah. older and i was like i kind of want space and quiet <laughs> you know tranquility like, take it out like the kids need a yard let's get a dog and then it's like all right so let's actually get out of here i love the city everything the city has to offer the fact that you can walk outside and do whatever but then you know there's that there's a time in me now where I'm kind of like, I kind of, I'm chilling anyway, you know, if I want to go. Yeah. And there's, people are crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, People are nuts. And the more people are pressurized, especially in the world, how it's turning at the moment, the more people that are sort of living really close, you know, proximity to each other, the stresses, and you can just feel the vibration. I can feel my neighbor's vibration when they're having a bad day because we're so close to each other. And so I just needed more space and um, to be closer to my family as well. Like I'm from here. And so, um, yeah, like I say, I got caught up with my mom today. So it's already (laughs) um, working in a more positive um, way for me to interact with my family on a much more um, closer level, so, yeah. You grew up in Birmingham, yeah? I did, yeah. I left when I was 17. 
Ooh, I'm 45 now, so it's been a long time that I've been gone. No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I know, right? Dude, how the it's nerves. the tight forehead. It's the tight <laughs> forehead. Come on. <laughs> took the piss out of this. They took the piss, and now yeah. look. <laughs> right. I told people all the time, you know, I'm 42 now. I look, you know what I mean? Good. Yes. This this be this be snitching on people. I ain't man. never seen Monty so, rock the gray like that in a minute too. So I ain't even saying. I like how I'm, everyone um, says rock like the gray like I died it before. It's just what it is. This <laughs> is not. Oh, I can't yeah. hide it. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah it does. It looks good. It makes you look. Um, you know you. when they say that sort of cliche of looking distinguished, but it actually it's, really does. <laughs> hey, don't tell yeah. them too much. <laughs> no, <I'm just> continue. <laughs> <laughs> We've got two hours. Do yeah, don't stop. <laughs> It's funny because it took it. it took 21 years just to get a goatee. So the fact that I got it now it's already <laughs> turning gray is kind of like a spit in the face. But that's fine. Yeah, hey, I'm getting Why whites right here now. I turn 46 in March, mm. and I'm getting some whites. It's hard to see right now. Yeah, but it's all under there. <laughs> Yeah, you're looking good though. <laughs> looking good. So yeah, yes, a lot of like 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 Track, have you money, had a lot of cocoa hair? butter, and I don't drink. Yo, so. I had butter. facial hair a lot, long time. I used to have goatees, but no problem. Yeah, no problem. You, you get to it's shave valiant. more. You touch. I just shave more there. because uh, I think it might be a. I think one day my pops like you shave. That's a good thing. I said okay, no problem. <laughs> Ever since then, I was just Jeez. kept shaving. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Chicken, what'd you say? You said that so yes, you, you pointed on something about the not drinking thing. Oh, I was well. I'm gonna say I think I I think I look all right for almost 46, and I, it's because I don't drink or smoke, and I use a lot of lotion. <laughs> I mean, you know, I yes. think that's what it comes down to. It does come down to the lotion. I find the and water. When I, I stopped drinking, I just like it's almost like the world became a slightly different place when I just yeah. stopped caning it so much mm. every gig, every time I went out. And like here, like we kind of binge drink, like just as a habit. So we say binge mm -hmm. drink, but actually it's like every weekend. So <laughs> it's like habitual binging, which is really habitual dangerous. Binge. And at one point I could like drink a bottle of vodka and be relatively, what I thought was relatively okay when it wasn't really. I was being a real dickhead, getting thrown out of clubs and things like that. Mm. But um, yeah, I think I've seen the aging process by giving up the alcohol. So I agree, Valiant, it's a good right thing. On. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I felt better since I've toned it down. I'm not gonna say I stopped because that, that didn't happen. I'm not getting drunk anymore. Right. right. Yeah. None of that. I, I have like a like... drink, a drink. I can't really handle more than a drink now. Yeah, oh, I can drink like a fish. I just don't. Um, <laughs> it's just, especially yeah. at shows, I feel like um, at shows I've needed to be a little more coherent and on point, and especially, you know, taking the crap. Not that I didn't take it seriously before, but I feel like I've just gained a lot more clarity. Plus, when I was doing shows with Nick, bro, that's, it was like a workout every time, and I, <laughs> I'm drinking, and that didn't mix at all whatsoever. So, yeah. you know, you just became accustomed to it. I people know now i drink maybe a drink before we start and then i'd have nothing but water for the rest of the night until we were yeah. like way out of there i was about and to say that um that uh i think for me the fear is the consecutiveness of it you know what i mean not so much because i feel it's just going to be a moment of eureka and you're just going to forget about 
just taking care of yourself in a sense. And I always think about that long term because after a while, before you know it, you're down on like 10 drinks easy. You know what I mean? How do and, people um, do this, man? I can never handle more than like four or five drinks. I don't really. Pretty sure it's in the bloodline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> you know, younger, younger years, I couldn't get drunk. I really could not. I wow. forced myself one time to get drunk. And then I just said, yo, I'm taking in too much alcohol. This can't be healthy. So I just stopped for like two years or three years just to see if I could do it. And it was clockwork. But now that I'm older, they all take effect easy now. And I think it's because I just like, you know, I stopped for a long time. And then now here I am taking a sip of something and I'm like doing all this already. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> interested to see that actually. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. That's the track move. I'm definitely making a gif out of that. Oh, no. um, <laughs> <laughs> also, man, uh, I think a lot of it too. We probably attest to this too, man. We've been around so long, dog. Drinking at one point for us was just like the easier side of the dark side that I went to. <laughs> it's just yeah, like alcohol. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? When you've but given for me, up... that's the gateway. Alcohol right. for me is a gateway drug. Like weed isn't a oh. gateway drug. I find that it's medication and it medication. really helps with like other symptoms and conditions and different types. And you know, I eat it, I take the oils, I smoke mm. it, I do, I do everything, every type of weed that you can imagine. Um, but I find alcohol if I if I take a couple of drinks, I'll say yes to anything. Mm. And that's a dangerous mm, place for someone is, like yeah. 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 Slow, man. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, like some awful experience, some really, really brilliant times. Like some of the, I'll never relive those brilliant times. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But, um, oh, would I have appreciated it probably a little bit more if I was maybe not as drunk? Yeah, shit, a thousand percent, yeah. But don't look back and have any regrets, you know? Right. That's one thing I've really spent a long time sort of working through is just to be proud of every every part of it. Because it was mm -hmm. me and I was there at that time. Absolutely. Being a bitch or being really drunk or getting carried out, literally carried out over the security's head <laughs> um, and waving to everyone as it was happening. Like, yeah, I'm getting thrown out, woohoo! When now I would be really embarrassed about that rather than celebrate it, you know? Right, yeah. right. But, so, uh, Go ahead, go ahead, Imani. We, we're, we're, we're talking about history here and how things right. were and fast. I mm -hmm. think that's a good segue to talk about the origin story of Chickaboo. Yeah. yeah. came about. What was your first, before we even get into your career, Once upon a time. Let's go back. Well, I was bitten by a spider. And then right. I was <laughs> that I had like, weird, like Chickaboo does whatever a Chickaboo. <laughs> Oh Sorry. Lord! Wow. Oh wow! No, the origin story thing. I couldn't. I couldn't help. Myself. Hey, if you were gonna pick one, you picked my favorite one. So you know, what I'm saying, I'm glad that you. Me too. The Miles Morales yeah. thing. I'm Put some almonds under it. It'll work. Yeah. Worry about there we go. Um. So yeah, let's let's get let's let's go back. Let's go back to the spider bite. Let's not talk about drum and bass per se, because I'm sure you listened to things before you became the first female jungle MC. Let's. What was your first aha moment? What was, were you influenced by your parents? Did you 
Did you stumble upon it as a rebellion and say, I listened to the opposite of that, hanging with your friends? What, what was it for you? that, that Yes, definitely um, parts of the not listening to stuff my parents listened to because my parents mm-hmm. listened to really good music like really cool, like from Marvin Gaye and Motown, mm. um, the OJs, um, Bob Marley's Catch a Fire. Um, like, so I grew up hearing really cool, good music, but I'm also in Birmingham, there's a really big heavy metal rock scene. Right. Okay. As well as um, reggae. And so punk was massive here. So they're very used to in this, it's very industrial factories kind of place so it's quite gritty in it's like music and the things that you're exposed to and so I was brought up in church so I suppose that would be the very first start of me having to publicly perform and stuff um quite the when the rave scene yeah and like having to do plays and like act out little things and walk in and sing about something And then they all stop. We can't hear you. You must sing it louder. Start again. <laughs> <laughs> really embarrassing. Oh boy. And um, so, yeah, I've loved loved music. I was brought up with music with my parents dancing with me and playing music all the time. And I remember hearing Rave for the first time. I liked Acid House a little bit, but I remember when I first heard like hardcore Rave and the bleeps and the noise and the sped up chipmunk vocals. And I just didn't get it because I was really into reggae and hip hop. Mainly Public Enemy were like my Mm. favorite band. And so I liked it because they mixed, um, like they had like a reggae, the heaviness of their bass lines Mm -hmm. with the sort of anger and that and the energy of the punk and the rock and everything mixed with Chuck D's commanding voice and delivery right. and there's complete sense and breakdown. Straight out of left field kind of business. Right. Society, exactly. What right. he was viewing and witnessing, he was putting it down and telling us what was going on. But that was also all of our experiences as well. So he just spoke to my soul and he still yeah, does. For sure. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. yeah. Who's, uh, Someone said it, uh, was it Ilmatic? Yeah, Ilmatica said, I would go to war for Chuck D. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, wow. and, and that's for real because it's like public enemy was my all my all-time favorite <laughs> and i remember when i heard them they sounded so dangerous to me yes. and like i remember seeing them on the news and they were dangerous and i gravitated towards anything that was like kind of dangerous musically um and i was into skateboarding and punk and metal and like i liked hip-hop and stuff like that but like Public Enemy connected with me in like a way that was real different, and so it's, yeah, all that, all the stuff you're saying is exactly what. I, even obviously, got so common much experience. On my mind, refused mm. to lose. Like as soon as I heard him say that, <laughs> that's it. Absolutely, that's yep. just that's my mantra for life. And even right. even sonically, those drums were always harsh. Like the sound itself was very oh. in your face, very commanding. Even when Terminator we watched, I watched, sure, I, I watched uh, the interview with Buster Rhymes. That's uh, with with Van, and even mm. he spoke about how important Chuck D was to creating uh, what is Buster Rhymes and many. Right, others. he like was behind show, that whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that whole military thing was not a joke. Like that's that's it spoke to everyone. I think we all resonated to that. that, that that's, yeah. Oh, we had to pay dues. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For me too, it was just I went to school with, I think, at least half the kids that I went to school with were black, Mm -hmm. and I always lived about two blocks away from like a black neighborhood. But at the same time, 
like I mean I was still a white kid and stuff like that. So to see like to see like to get like a glimpse into like the black experience through Public Enemy was real different for me um, because it was like I got to see the anger involved. Where when I was younger, I mean I didn't see a lot of that because like we were all like middle schoolers, so there was still a lot of like kind of a little bit of happy go luckiness involved in us. I used to play with a lot of those kids and stuff like that. I didn't realize like the, the anger involved. And when yeah. I started listening yeah. to Public Enemy, I, st- I got to s- I got a peek into seeing it and I got to see the different side of things and like say what the media would portray. Exactly, um, exactly. Because by that point, mm. what the media had done is portrayed hip hop as spinning on your back. Yeah, and they slide right down and some a bit of graffiti and uh, well, all these sort of like suburban We're destroying our neighborhoods. Right. Who well, had taken that part of the culture. And then of course it got promoted over here in a really big way with sort of ridiculous kind of pop songs and things and people right. doing that. And so Public Enemy kind of ripped any sort of cheese pop. This is what, you know, your parents are gonna like to hear. Well, not only that, like that, I mean, almost more importantly, it, it, they were like not afraid to be angry. Whereas like the media was very, if you look at like interviews with anybody that was important in the black community on, on, on the national media, it was generally speaking, there was like this sort of uh, emphasis on black patience. You have to be patient. You have to like wait for these changes to happen. You've got to be polite. You've got to be, you know what I mean? Like you've got to be grateful for these things that are coming to you, blah, 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 blah. I mean, yeah. Like was like- We're still taught that now. Thanks. Especially like if you look at like interviews with, uh, well, fuck with anybody, but especially like Malcolm X and stuff like that. Old interviews are just like, why are, you so, why are you so angry? Blah, blah, blah. It was always like that. They always focus on that. Why are you so angry? Why do you have the gall to, to tell black people that they should defend themselves? Blah, 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 blah. And Public Enemy just re-echoed that. Now, I wasn't alive, obviously, for, for Malcolm. I wasn't really alive for the Black Panthers. So my, the harder side of the civil rights movement for me was Republic Enemy. And so they offered like an angle on the black experience that you never saw on the news. And so for me, that was like, whoa, you know what I mean? It was like very much like uh, what like Joe Strummer and the Clash saw in London when they were forming as a band. And they were very inspired by uh, the, the movement for black civil rights in England. And like, that's yeah. what it was for me. It was galvanizing for me. Yes. Yeah, I was just talking about The Clash the other day and comparing them to some other more successful bands that were blatantly encouraged to keep going when The Clash was sort of just hushed and sort of tried to move away from mainstream thingy because of the influence that they had in, re- in uniting poor people. Mm-hmm. and poor people and people that could see the system and so black and whites were united with things like the clash and that's what they don't want they want us all to be fighting each to other be divided and, and, and so not have public it. enemy also brought that rock element that a lot of people thought was white music and so it united sort of like the white kids that liked rock and angry sounds with the black people that listened to the words and the message that they had. And those two cultures clashed together. And then everyone was a public enemy fan in that underground style where it was anger 
and pissed off but not just in a teenage way we wanted to like make a change because we saw that the previous generations to us they did riot they did have civil movements they did make Mm. a change and what of our generation what were we gonna do and like nothing really was happening we were like protesting things but not really and it was only when the rave scene came along where thousands of kids were like disobeying the law and their parents and going to these fields in the middle of nowhere and having rave parties and that was the new generation of punk in that like fuck you we do what we want we're not gonna listen we're not gonna go to a club dressed up in shoulder pads with carpet or to a wine bar we won't get in anyway if you're black you're not getting into those places So we Joe Strummer actually got, got pretty involved in raves, actually. At, at yeah, his, at and that place. was what inspired me. It's the rebellion of rave. I didn't necessarily like the music, but the culture of it, seeing the, right, ad, right. the, the television on the news, there'd be like 30,000 kids broke into a field and had a big rave, and the police tried to break it up, but they couldn't do it because, you know, Tarquin and Tamara... The rich I miss those parents, days! They were there <laughs> the police couldn't take a risk because it wasn't just poor kids now that it caught a big wave but it was a real rebellion and a punk Mm -hmm. wave and musically it was a rebellion society it was a rebellion like it just rebelled against everything and that's what pulled me in really into wanting to be a part of it which my friends went to it and took pills but I liked reggae and hip-hop and so the energy of the rave culture being so anti-establishment that's what pulled me in it wasn't really the music at first until i took one of those pills and then it all made a lot of sense and then i got it (laughs) (laughs) jesus that's the thing now track i know you want to say something real quick um i was gonna say i uh for any any of you watching check out the history of the clash documentary on spotify that was narrated by chuck d it's actually really excellent yeah i know it's really good it's really cool so anyway t what were you gonna say um it was just a few things uh real i when as i'm listening to chickaboo speak i'm thinking about how much those outlaws those those outside the box parties started and i've always had this thing in the back of my mind about what exactly was the first rave and i always go back and this is just arguable it's not saying this is where it is that the Bronx, Herc, when they decided to put the speakers out and do some stuff for a very restless neighborhood, that that was the first idea of like, yo, let's just let's just go take over a space and make it ours, and sort of ordeals. So to hear how that kind of just grew into something else, in, in my opinion, I don't know if this is the truth, but in my opinion that, you know, and I hate to bring up the whole ordeal of New Wave, because New Wave, oh boy, here we um, go. I knew y'all was going to wait for it, but here we go. the whole God, New God, Wave era, hold on, hold on, I, well, it's the no, end of the finish, year, guys. Finish. It's the end of the year. I, it's the last time you hear me say New Wave. No, it's not. We got two. It is. <laughs> nah, it's the last time. It's the last time. But somewhere in that, in like the, 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 the face of New Wave was these outside parties. This is why I don't know what it is. It was these crazy and it was it was billed as european sort of ordeals this is what you know and and 
and lo and behold, all they really were was just pretty much raves. With, with there, there is, there is, faces. there is overlap. What you're talking about, yeah. I, and it's not. I don't want to say it's a new wave, but if you're talking about like the <laughs> no, that's cool. like the the Manchester scene and stuff like that, and like um, surrounding anything, anything that was covered in Twenty Four Hour Party People. I don't know if you ever saw that movie, mm-hmm. but yeah, a actually. lot there's a lot of overlap with that particular scene and what would become rave music. Right. And a lot of the bands in that particular scene went on to be like in sort of like that new wave wave, like right. obviously like members of Joy Division would form New Order and that be kind of they kind of became part of New Wave a little bit. And so yeah, so there is you're kind of right, there is some overlap going on there. Um I think it might be like this commercial overlap when it comes to New Wave though, versus what it really was from. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, for I sure. Think because they were trying to make pop stars out of these guys in these in these spaces. Well, that's, that happens with anything, especially uh, things that have such a, a grounded foundation that, are, that, is, that bloom out of anything. They take it and try to monopolize off it. You know, it's funny, listen to you, Chicken Boo, talk about the origin of things, because when I got into drum and bass or rave parties, in a sense, like I had been going to house parties and, and hearing different types of electronic music, but when I fell in love with it, when I fell in love with drum and bass, and people would ask me why, especially because I came from an extremely hip-hop background, it's all I listened to, basically, and then I was a battle MC on top of that and people were like what what do you love about drum and bass and I was like there's something about it like it's got my this hip-hop reggae feel but at the same time it captures this rock and roll aspect that I've never felt before outside of rock and roll it's got this very deliberate rebellious vibe and that's what I always got from it no matter how hip-hop I was I've always felt like an outsider my entire life anywhere I went and that's because we moved a lot and I've just experienced different social classes I just never fit in anywhere I was supposed to be you know I was raised well so you know I didn't really fit in the hip-hop scene but at the same time I was too hip-hop for the white kids so it was just like it was like no matter what I did was damned if you do damned if you don't and drum and bass or the rave scene was the first place that took everybody in for whatever you were and said screw everybody else and that's when we started going to warehouse parties and playing until with a generator until the fed showed up and finding that experience so you know I luckily got in about 99 when things had already been rolling. So um, hearing you talk about how you got it as things first started up, what was, did you, what was your first uh, memories of those rave parties? Were they? Well, raves had already been, they'd been going from 88 now. When Oakley Holden came back from Ibiza in 88 and brought rave that kind of music sped up that sort of Balearic house. Fabio and Groove Rider and people like that playing more breakbeat kind of thing in the raves. And so it was a sort of mishmash of all the music at the same time. And then it started separating and splitting a little bit. And so that's when I got into it, when it was more hardcore. What's that picture? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> technical <laughs> we're doing it live <laughs> and so um yeah it was like you i was into reggae and hip-hop and so it was when raves split so it was like house went over there and that went there and then sort of happy hardcore rave was over here and it hadn't quite turned into drum and bass yet that's when i came into it um, not necessarily loving the music, but loving the vibe of the parties. Mm. And uh, because oh, I forgot to say, I was a DJ at the time. Oh, um, did not know mm. that. Playing reggae music and stuff. And so 
I was Was it DJ Chickaboo? I don't mean to interrupt. I need to know. No, it was um I didn't have a DJ name because I was on a sound. Okay. So it was just like you did like you were selecting that day or you were doing a bit of mixing that day or you know, and so um the people going to the raves would ask me to play rave music for them. And I'd be like, oh. so I went to the record shop and bought some of this weird shit and play it. And like, used to just go on the mic sometimes, right? Just taking the piss. And my mates were like, oh my God, that would sound wicked in a rave, you know, wicked, you should come. And so I went and eventually got on the mic and did the and the crowd went, fucking nuts and so that's basically i came home and people were like yeah you need to like come and be an mc and stuff and um so that's when i had to choose the name chickaboo which my mom and my sister helped me with with a little doll called chickaboo and you squeezed them and their their arms sort of opened and they held on to stuff. So you would squeeze their shoulder blades and their arms would open so you could pin them on like onto yourself or on bag straps. And they were little dolls called Tweakaboos, like back in the 80s. Mm. And uh, I basically- grabbing on. Just to find a name that no male MC would take. (laughs) For sure. Basically. So Perfect. I went with yeah, my mum went, oh, MC Chick, because we were like, oh, MC Fireplace, oh, MC Lighter, oh, MC Cushion Cover, we're just taking the piss. <laughs> and so um, my mum went, oh, MC Chickaboo, she saw the doll, and went, MC Chickaboo, and I went, oh, wait a minute now. So I changed it's it to Chicka. It's got a flow to it. I like nice. it. Yeah, nice. changed it to Chicka, so it was very obvious that I was a girl, and um, that was the start of it, and I would just go to rave parties with my friends and um that's where i met uh g real was at a party and he um asked me to come and mc for him and he said but you need to take it a bit more seriously than you're doing because of this time i i really liked playing music i didn't really want to be on the microphone really Mm. um so he encouraged it and said look we can get a load of work together if you just take it a bit more seriously kind of thing and uh so then we started working together and got gigs in the raves the big raves at the time in the sort of early 90s 92 93 this was and um yeah we did really really well and then sadly he got quite sick he had liver failure and um no kidney failure that's it he had kidney failure and so then he got quite sick and so then we stopped doing that but we did we did really well for like about two or three years, which in in the rave scene, like you know, each each week feels like a lifetime. Mm-hmm. From Saturday to Saturday is like the longest time in the world. You can't <laughs> wait to get to that next rave, and so um, yeah, to see him every weekend for three years was a lot. But we did it. Rest in peace, mate. But it was a lot. How was the? Um... The general uh, vibe of the reception you got. I mean, you were the first woman on the microphone. People were so and... freaked out that there was a girl on the mic. They were so, like, all the girls, even now, even now, girls are like, come on! At the front, <laughs> pushing the men out of the way, like, get the fuck back, this is our time now. Weird. And um, the guys are generally happy to see it. Right. In my well, experience, well, mainly. 
Am I asking the first question to be like, what exactly caused it to happen? What was it? Was it just out of curiosity or was you, it you out missed, of... You missed all that. All right, so I won't say that. It's I'm glad I said that now. Coffee, man, that's all I got to this, say. This is what happens when you step away. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you get. Jesus. <laughs> it was no heads up either. No heads no, up, no dead. warning. <laughs> yeah, I was I like, I hope go. he's okay. We had a whole discussion about it. And then you Coffee, kept, uh, man. It's Coffee. 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 It's, it's fine. <laughs> oh, that's a terrible reason. Uh, came I thought it was like the kid or something. You should have said that. Oh, kids. Yeah, no. it was the kids. Oh, All right. Anyway. Enough about that. For women on the microphone, the women are but were did you get any pushback at all? Like from people who yeah. were yeah. What? Yeah. How, quick. How, oh, quick guys. <laughs> how did that manifest itself? Uh can I have the mic? No. It comes out quite a lot as that. Um, mm. But luckily for me, because because my because the DJ brought me with him. Right. And so he would be like, that's my MC. Give her the mic. And so that helped me when it was people that just wouldn't give it to me. And sometimes there's a few recordings from back in the day that people are sending me. And you can hear on the beginning of the show, it's not me MCing because they wouldn't give me the mic. Wow. And then after a bit of fighting or a bit of like 15 minutes of me tapping them over and over and over and over and over, they just got pissed off or they'd just cave in or give in. I've had people like fight, fight, physically grab the mic off me. Like I've seen MCs punching each other. I mean, I've not really got to punching, but there's been a few pushback kind of, no, no, no. Aggressive, no. Aggressive there's been business. a bit of that weird tussling back and forth i'm sure we um, all could uh we had our moments here with those as well right <laughs> all the time right but my yeah. worst is when i'm on it that they when they take it off me while i'm actually talking Ooh. on it that would be bad because the crowd reaction would be so excited plus my dj's there he's mixing on four vinyls he's scratching he's mixing Ooh. so the energy of our show would be very high and people, of course, just wanted some of that shine for themselves, sadly. Oh, so yeah, they would yeah. try and get involved and take the mic off me so they could MC for him while the crowd's going crazy. And um, yeah, it was hard. Like, yeah, it was hard. And at times, I mean, it's only now because I'm old mama chickaboo why I don't get any grief. But I see other MCs, up and coming MCs, that are just not going to get past like past that mic. Mm. Part of it is the tone of their voice as well. For women, sadly. Hey everybody, let's get it going. Hey everybody, how you getting on? Yeah! <laughs> Hold on, so, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, I wanted to ask you. I was going to ask you this specifically because in an interview yeah. not too long ago, you said yeah. women need to speak from their ovaries. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so explain that because that made me laugh out loud <laughs> <laughs> yeah money your mute the frequencies of how drum and bass jungle is made is sort of like here and right. some women with a higher tone it's here so it's almost oh. like a lover's rock tone over dub and those two things don't meet you need more chintzy glittery up their frequencies as in love mm. as well because they put a lot of synthesizers and pretty kind of symbols and things and it, that 
to get through that higher frequency. Whereas in drum and bass, it's not made like that. And right. so that whole grabbing the mic and, yeah, how you getting up? Yeah, come on now. It just doesn't work, <laughs> I think. And I see people, me too, flinch. Like when you hear that girl with that voice, it's like, oh, Jesus Christ. It's like somebody's trying to pull your teeth out. And sadly, <clears throat> that I think, I would like to think like that the scene isn't as sexist as that, that it is actually a tonal frequency thing as well as, you know, the fact that there's not enough women in the scene anyway. But I think for female MCs, that is for me the prime um, reason why there's not more. Um, right. because of that frequency thing. I'd like to think it's about that because whenever I hear them, it makes my eye water and squint and stuff. <laughs> so, and I know if it's doing that to me, then it's, you know, I'm not the only one. Sure. So, well, I, 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 think, I think there's I, a core, my bad, good. Oh no, I was gonna say, when you said from, uh, you know, speak from your ovaries, yeah. You can, you can actually, <laughs> Still you can actually take that like literally in a way because there are a lot of MCs in general who do not know how to project from the diaphragm at all. And in fact, I didn't for a long time. In fact, I went through a big, my voice, my MC voice totally changed. I, I slipped uh, like in the mid 2000s into this like super raspy kind of, it was my voice is trashed out. And it kind of slipped into that by accident, but I kept it because I hated the sound of my voice. Mm. Um, and I kept it. When I came, when I stepped away from drum and bass for like years, and then I came back, I went back to that approach and my voice was like getting shredded, just utterly shredded. Danny Bookham actually told me, you got to figure out a way to change up your voice because you're... <laughs> Good old Danny. And I was, yeah. And he was like, all right. So hey, I, actually went, I actually talked to somebody um, who does vocal instruction and they gave me a few tips and, and, and was telling me how to, so I actually learned how to project from my diaphragm. Yeah. And when I MC on the, on the, I actually MC a lot deeper than when I speak. So I think a lot of MCs in general need to learn how to project from the diaphragm, but definitely women. I agree. Them, I agree. A man with the, uh, uh, there's some male MCs. There's quite a few grime rappers as well, where um, mm. they're men, but they're talking from their nose. And it's really annoying. Like I can feel their nose zinging <laughs> when they say certain words. I'm like, oh my God, get it out of your face. But for me, I damaged my throat very much like you, Valiant, speaking from my voice box. Um, ah. Trying to project from my voice, even though I knew better. Smoke right. machines were a real problem. Oh, yes. Big time, because they In never the cleaned them. Nope. And I remember doing gigs with, and, and shouting into headphones because there was no mic. And days too. smoke machines, having no monitors at all. They didn't even know what monitors were for the <laughs> Their MC yeah. needing a monitor, like, piss off, mate. You never Fucking got hell. that. So all the shouting and stuff. <clears throat> Wait, hang on. I'll speak from my throat. <clears> throat> right. If I speak from my throat, this is actually my voice. Mm. Like my real voice. I don't have any projection. I don't have anything because I damaged my vocal cords so much. <clears throat> so if I drop it down into my diaphragm, then I have a voice. But of course, like you said, Valiant, your voice ends up being so much deeper 
Mm. Um, and so since I had to start speaking like this, just as a general, because nobody could hear me, even on the phone, people can't hear me. And so I then started getting loads of gigs and DJs and stuff were like, really like your voice, come on. And so my career went crazy when I damaged my voice, weirdly <laughs> enough, because I learned how to speak with it. And then that whole, the whole tonal thing of my voice just registered so much deeper and people really like that. So, um, yeah, it worked for me, breaking my voice. <laughs> Armani, what were you going to say uh, before I cut you off with my thing? I'm sorry. No, it was nothing crazy. It was just an elaboration of what she was speaking about, even um, uh, and even more of what you spoke of, too, of just MCs in general. But we can to even apply that to some of the greatest female MCs in hip-hop. There were some who were higher tone, but the ones who we tend to drive to for, the MC lights, the rod diggers, are the ones that actually speak with command, you know? Like, um, Queen Latifah's the same exact way. So that, that means a lot when you do that. They're all a bunch of dykes as well. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying there's a correlation but, <laughs> you know um, you know it takes it takes it, t- <laughs> it takes definitely it. yeah i mean you know but yeah that's all i was trying to add on to that that end of the conversation what's hey. up Oh, it's I'm it's sorry. funny so you, you did the 50 say. cent clause of just like you damage something and you learn to make it work and then actually push your career forward. It's the same thing with Fifty, you, you know, and Kanye for that matter. If we're really going to go there. Yeah, true that. T, true that. T what were you going to say? You said you looked uh, like you were about to say something. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, I was thinking of this idea of like we have a lot of MCs on here as of recent and we should start having like a little a little thing called MC tips. So I wanted to kind of see if you want to give <laughs> Any tips to uh, fledging MCs who might need a, a thing or two to know about mic mic presence and things of that nature? Because you know, you know, they check the show, they they look at us and wonder, look at these guys, they make it seem so easy. So, uh, <laughs> can we give any like any small tips to the to some fledging cats? I would say my biggest advice is to be open to advice. Mm. That. I find there's a problem with younger generations from me that I see certain things. I might contact them privately or whatever, or go and see a gig and say, okay, really, really great lyrics, really great delivery, whatever, but you don't have any commanding presence. You're not standing with your shoulders apart. You're not just looking at people in the crowd or whatever. So there's a lot of confidence that you can act as if you have it by certain techniques like looking at people in the crowd, always facing out white, never wearing sunglasses on stage, things like that. <laughs> I'll um, skip her. That- I'll skip her. <laughs> oh, no, no. What have you got to hide? I was always told, like, why would you do that? Why would you hide the thing that people can see how genuine you are as a person? It's why a would deal. you hide that? Sometimes deal. the lights are too bright. Nah, no, no, no. Oh, is that what it is? Is that what it is? So when you need, oh, to, you need stages, to go and yeah. do a sound check then and yeah. get them to angle the lights out of your eyes. Not just that. I've actually found... <laughs> 
Whatever, Skip. I'm sorry, but I've actually, <laughs> I'm actually. I'm not laughing. About I love that. him to death. I'm not, even, um, I'm not I've, even doing this conversation right now. But, <laughs> I, I've actually found wearing sunglasses on stage actually downgrades my confidence. I will actually like take notice that I'm hiding behind them while I'm them saying. Mm-hmm. I will because what I'll do is then I'll actually look at the crowd knowing they can't see me look at it. When I would rather, when I learned that even when I'm not feeling as calm, you know, we all do it. You find that one person in the crowd who's not dancing. And then for some strange reason, your entire mission for the next hour is to make that person dance. Yes. That part of that's part of it. It's like, all right, well, if I, if I hide that fact, then I'm hiding that fact, you know what I mean? And it will that's reflect right. in everything you do. People don't realize that everything you do as an MC yeah. on stage comes off. That's your whole point is to be the connection between the crowd and the music. And if you, yeah shield that in any kind of way it's going to come off that way exactly because it's about energy and a vibration so the vibration is being sent out musically already sonically and people are responding to that so then you as the conduit between the vibration and the enjoyment if you're blocking that in any way and people can't trust you if they can't see you so then they're not going to give you that energy they give it to you. So that confidence that you need, that comes from being able to exchange that vibe and that vibration with other people. Absolutely. And um, I think it's really important to be open to that at all times and know that, um, you know, that know that's your place as an MC, unless it's a special show where it is your show and you're on stage and it's your tracks, that's different. But I personally, always like to sometimes sound as if I'm part of the tune where people are like, oh, I thought that was the tune. I didn't even know someone was MC. Like, I like to do that. And um, I think it's important, MCs, just know your place sometimes. Yeah. You're You're in the middle, yeah? You're in the middle. You're an extra instrument. Without the crowd, none of us else are here. So the crowd are first. Music and the crowd are first because first. that's kind of why we've even got a job in the first place. And you're supposed and to be then the person playing yeah. that music is very important, and you're in the middle of those that whole sort of like layer of the cake. Sometimes you change where you are, but you're always in the cake. You're never on top of the cake. Yeah, you know you what I mean. Be, be, be the cup. You know what I mean. You know, it's funny, I'm listening be to Be happy to be a team, because that's what you are. The, the people are a team, you're a team, the venue's a team. Like the whole, like, it all is really important that you're all elements of it. You know what? I'm going to piss off as well. I know. I'm like, <laughs> what is happening, man? Like, what is going on? I'm so uh, upset right now. I'm going to have a new team button. meeting like after this is over. Like, what is going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I had to change venues, but whatever. Just leave blowing outside. Well, no, what I wanted to share real quick is that you say that and you guys literally just doctored me a second ago two years ago uh i messed up both my legs and uh monty knows my story and i pretty much was on the verge of trying to get back on my feet and i went through a couple months of nothing going on and then uh it got to a point where promoters just wanted me around and i was like well hell let's find a way to make it happen those times and maybe a couple times across the water were the only times you saw me wear shades. And I didn't realize that I was wearing shades because I knew I wasn't ready or I didn't yeah. feel like I was ready to yes. give a hundred percent. So, you yes. know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a proper balance. It's a mental thing. I believe I'm yes. not saying that's for everybody. Maybe, maybe they you know, everybody else that rock shades are rock stars. 
for for that. No, no, I I believe that it shows a lack of confidence if you hide something from yourself while you are presenting yourself. You are presenting. You have to just be you. Yeah. For me, just be you. Just be raw. If you if you're a designer person then be designer if you're a shine if you wear a cap wear your cap if you want your glasses wear your glasses but if that's what gives you power that's what it is but if you're doing it to hide some of your power because you don't believe that you have control of it yet then mm. that's a bit different but it's all about self-belief as well that's why a lot of mcs like yeah they've got a great vibe but they don't say nothing because it, they've got more self-belief than anything else. Mm. But for me, good MCs have got like a really nice mix of self-belief and skill, ability to read the crowd, not wind the DJ up, listen to the venue when they say there's five minutes left and this is the last tune. Don't wind everybody up into shouting and causing near enough a riot at the end of the night because you your ego's tangled up in the praise that the crowd are giving you. So mm -hmm. you don't want it to stop. So you're going to start shouting at the security to let you have one more <laughs> tune. Because, and it's like, but it's not about you, motherfucker. Like, they want to go home. They've been here since seven o'clock for fuck's sake it's three o'clock in the morning shut it down so there's certain <laughs> amounts of responsibilities that i think a lot of mcs fail to realize that if you're a rapper and it's your show it's different but if you're an mc that is a conduit between the dj and the crowd and the venue and the crowd then you have a lot of responsibility you can incite a riot if you choose to Ooh. that's the power that you have I, I choose not to use it. What you do, do is get the people to have a dance and a drink. Maybe you encourage people to go to the bar. Then the venue love you because you've just made their profits go up. So there's many different ways, you know, that I think MCs should realise how powerful they can be in a positive way rather than just shouting at the crowd or shouting at the DJ to turn them up louder and louder and louder. And a lot of MCs, a lot of MCs, and what I try to tell new MCs too is, um, you by nature, are coming from a rap background as an MC, nine times out of ten, and yeah. um, oh, not, not to say oh, something where you technically you're yeah. primarily the focus, and this isn't like you said, this yeah. isn't about you, and this is the one thing you need to learn when you're doing that is like so when you remove that and you become an extra instrument and i mean truly like truly integrated into the sound you're this is no longer even just a movie because once you take emceeing this is not even about being a song you can be part of a song and be part of the instrument you need to take it a level further as far as the party is concerned because the party from the moment those people walk through that door and for you the moment you step in the venue sound check it is a movie at that point so you need to have the chapters that go through you need a climax and then you need to end that movie with perfect credits so everybody sorry, walks out like what? say what i'm sorry you need to what create the Climax. movie <laughs> what <laughs> what are you doing on the mic what's happening <laughs> Why are you climaxing in the no, I mean, look, you, you got Monty Spielberg here, man. You because <laughs> it's a great feeling oh, and that's what you got to, you know. Yeah, look, hey, I do what I do. You know Steve Aoki style. Trying to um, make kids all over in the music. Anyway, so. <laughs> I do want to. 
I do want to wow. uh, slightly. Uh, she started. Don't blame uh, me. I'm not. I'm not blaming you. It's I'm tracks. Not. God damn it! All anyway, I, was, I was trying to transfer <laughs> out of. <laughs> Oh, I'm I don't so know sorry. where my water I'm went. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's we're fine. actually making a lot of sense. I'm so sorry. That was really immature of me to pick out that one. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, we're not a kids show. Don't worry about it. Bro. We are. We are definitely not. No, definitely. So climaxing all over the stage is <laughs> no. Anyway, skipping out of that, <laughs> we created the movie. Let's talk about Obsidian. Um, let's talk, let's take it back a little farther. You were one of the first MCs, period, not just female MCs to come over here to the States. Um, I'm even going to put yeah. part of my origin story because I believe I met you at WMC when I was like, hey, can I? No, no, okay. Can I? No, I can't. All right, all right it's fine. I'll just, I'll, no, next year, it's all right. But. <laughs> I used to see you, what, uh, probably, I've seen you with Empress, I've seen you, ah. all kinds of stuff, man, like way, way back in the day. So how was it for you coming over to the States for the first time? Ooh, it was a fantastic experience. Um, the rave kids and everything really welcomed me. But of course, the more hip hop heads or the people that were new to rave that had just gone to just see what all the hype was about were like, what are you doing on the mic? Are you like rapping? What is this shit? Like you're shit. And I'm like, but I'm not a rapper. Like you need to get it. It's about vibes. It's not about, I'm not here to be like opening your mind with some like really like out there. Like that's not me. I was like, oh my God, like how can I explain it? And I'd be like, um, I suppose I'm a bit like Missy Elliott. So I'm not no, that's a great. That's a great comparison. With these two. I'm bringing like a good time and it's fun and it's bubbling and it's vibes, but I'm never going to win rapper or singer of the year that I'm not trying to do that. Um, so I found it brilliant because people were so open. Americans are so open. If you bring enthusiasm and mainly that actually if you bring enthusiasm then they will support you right. and the excitement of it being a fresh thing and people hadn't seen it before that really really helped and um yeah in my experience just nothing but encouraging good times like some sick memories i'll never well i have forgotten but i remember them when people right. bring them up again. <laughs> yeah. you know that you know that you, know, you, know, you know the uh i'm just making another bridge gap here is Hip hop didn't know it, but at the time there were templates that were set in stone for what an MC should always be like, including an artist performing. You're outside the box doing something that was pretty much the beginnings and the origins of MCing that hasn't been seen by a certain particular uh, demographic of people. You know what I'm saying? So they see it, and this is the MC they see is the one like this. You know, and this is all yes. they see. But now yes. here's somebody who might have a hat, who might not have a hat, but they're doing this. They're, you know, they're doing. <laughs> I'm sorry, but they. <laughs> yeah, I caused it. I didn't start this. this no, this is this thing. This thing now. We're done. It's um, Every episode, it's coming out. Of <laughs> New way. New way. <laughs> God. 
But the, the, the one word that I've been preaching to a lot of the cats off off top is culturifying. You have to culturify yourself. You have to become part of what the what you really are and how it fits into the whole uh, culture of, yeah. of what you're doing. Because yeah. MC is more than just you know bar after bar. It's it's captivating. Well, exactly. You've got right. your battle rappers. You've got your right. entertainment rappers. Right. You've got your comedy rappers. You've got like from. Dude, the hump, all the way to two live crew, all the way to Chuck D, to Rakim, to Queen Latifah, to Roxanne, to and so there's so many different elements of people on the microphone. Then to Buster Rhymes, who brought that dancehall delivery, to you know that sort of brought reggae into it in a much more vocal style, Mm -hmm. and so rave is like that too and so i'm kind of in the you gotta get on the bus you gotta do a bit that i'm kind of like that where now mcs are just so different you know then i remember when skibbity came along and everyone was like what the hell it was insane and so yeah there's many different elements to you know like you say track being on the mic there's mm-hmm. more than just standing there just spitting rhymes over and over and not giving a shit about what the music's doing or whether or not it's even stopped and you're still saying your same old rhymes <laughs> over the breakdown <laughs> hey man krs once said it best uh every every mc can rap not every rapper can mc, MC. it's a completely mm. different thing man. It's just... oh yeah that's that's a really good statement yeah, but the but the gem pop makes it up a lot because of uh uh, what they see when they go to a show is what they take. And right. for American cats, we only saw, you know, a, a dude who was just spitting bars over hot ass tracks. Uh, drum and bass is a whole nother thing that Americans still haven't necessarily understand f- fully. But the real, you know, for Armani, for me, for Valiant, we are absolutely the MCs to sort of bring the relation in. I remember my first time on the stage. I was like, man, I don't even belong here. What the hell is this shit? And then lo and behold, <laughs> as I'm about to kick a few whatever and get myself in, a few cats who had a hat like mine's twisted was looking at me like this. What you doing here? Going over to listen to whatever I'm doing. And that actually brought comfortability to me to be like, all right, I could be more myself a little bit now so I can feel my way around. So, you know, it's building blocks, of course, I'm talking about. But the overall thing, I think, people need to understand is it's about what's going on. It's not just about you at the end of the day. Facts. Yes, so exactly. I want to, I, I do want to, you know, talking about Armani was, was bringing up, you know, the origin you, you met very early on and stuff like that. But the two of you have uh, something in common and that is both of you pivoted from drum and bass into other genres um, fairly early on actually uh, and found a lot of success with that. So at what point did you sort of, make that pivot into like the breakbeat realms and start working with people like Randy Pilgrim and Timo Maas and stuff like that. How did all that come about? Timo Maas came about because I was working with Daisy in America. We were going to the States every two weeks. We got our work permit. So that was it. We were just in for three years, just in and out of America. (laughs) Every other weekend, right? Every 10 days I was in America, like all the time. And um, I even learned to say like water, things like that because <laughs> <laughs> they can't understand if you say water can I have a glass of water water what and um so vitamins weird. i learned how to say the vitamins and the water and so yeah and so anyway um her 
partner at the time managed Timo Mars, and mm. they were really struggling to find vocals for a track that they wanted. They gave it to a few vocalists and it didn't work. And so Daisy just flippantly said, why don't you ask Chickaboo to do it? And so they were like, okay. And so they sent it to me. I recorded a demo. I sent it over to Germany. And then they asked me to come and record a session. So I flew to Germany and um, did the session. It was going not the best. And then I just had to have a break. I was leaving in 45 minutes to go back to the airport that day. And went outside, mm -hmm. smoked came back in and recorded Shifter. And then went back. And then that was, that was it. And at Shifter's... At Timo's album launch, um, Rennie Pilgrim came to meet me to talk about it because he really liked the vocal and wanted me to do a vocal with him. Mm. And so it mm. kind of things led on from that. And then somebody heard that and then asked me to do a track. And, but Shifter really opened the door for me in um, being a vocalist on tracks and um, in house music especially and doing mm. house music gigs and being like flown out to Russia it's all like <laughs> and stuff and then me on the mic <clears throat> so <laughs> yeah it really opened the door to a lot of stuff but I just gave it a go when I first heard the track I was like nope how the hell am I gonna do it but I just I just gave it a go I think um if you you know they say like you you miss all the shots you don't yeah and so for me i'm a real sort of um try it person i'm a really optimistic person if it doesn't work out oh well you know you adapt and move on to something else so i will always try and so because of shifter i get sent the most freakiest weirdest out of rhythm bullshit techno house tunes that nobody <laughs> in this world is ever gonna put a fucking vocal on and I'm like, oh hello chica boy you think you can put tune for me yeah like no no and it's always for free and it's always weirdos weird people with weird music but because i did that track they think that i'm the go-to person like oh i've made a weird tune let me ask chickaboo and it's really annoying because I want to be sent the bangers. You know the bangers? Of course. <laughs> you know those popular bangers course. that everyone's like, oh my God, it's such a tune. I never get sent them shits. Never. <laughs> <laughs> never get sent the bangers. I get sent like, oh, I'm working on a really, like, on my album and I've done a really weird abstract tune that's not like any of my other music and I'd like you to be. That's yep. the shit I get asked You see about. those emails like, hey man, like, I had this really weird thing I made down. Um, only you are the person I could think to spit on yeah. this. I'm like, wait, yeah. what? It's like, never right. the bangers. It's never the tune. When you first hear them, first drums kick in and you're mm. like, oh, all right. No, I never get Again. sent them. The water Ever. drops with the spring coils. <laughs> all right. Thank protein, you. protein, protein, protein. <laughs> you know the deal. Start sending Chickaboo the part. Are you listening, <laughs> producers? Mason's. What are you Mason. 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 Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Oh, so I've actually done a, done a track with Sweet Pea that's coming out nice. on, on Spearhead Records, that's I think. Oh, okay. nice. Now, that is yeah. actually a drum and bass banger. Finally, nice. I've done a drum and bass banger. It, it took a woman. So how did now? How did you come to uh, you toured with Soul to Soul, which is yeah, especially in the UK, that is like an institution. So yeah. how did that come about? 
Jazzy phoned me. Nice. He oh. apparently was looking for a female MC who had dreadlocks and that was a bit spunky or something <laughs> like that. And Rose Windross, I knew her because I know her brother. And she said, I think I might know somebody like that. And so then she called someone else who got my number and then gave it to him and he called me. So it was just a kind of like, is that Chickaboo? And I was like, yeah. And he went, it's Jazzy. And as soon as he said his name, I knew who he was. I knew who it was immediately. Right. Like his voice is so recognizable anyway. Yeah. And like just his attitude, I just knew it was him. And so he was like, yeah, I'm looking for a female MC. Have you got dreadlocks? And I was like, yeah, I've got dreadlocks. Wait, why did he want dreadlocks? <laughs> What's, hold because on that's second. the whole look. Because they're that's called the whole look. Yeah, sure. yeah, right, right, yeah. Okay. That so 90s. That's it's, just 90s. Funny that, it's just funny to hear him ask. I think you're amazing, but no. This time, this time they were proper, like, down my back and stuff. So I was like, yeah, motherfucker, I've got dreadlocks. <laughs> and so... Um, he was, you know, he said, oh, are you any good? And I was like, well, you're, you're phoning me, so I must be all right. <laughs> right. And so he laughed. And then um, I had a gig that day with um, the Bitches Brew record label that I had a couple of tracks with, DJ Cosmo, who's from New York, actually. And he came to the gig to come and see me. Him and Rose Windross just walked mm. in while I was on stage. I was like this. <laughs> And um, they came in and saw me do a gig with other people. And then the next day I was at the Southport Weekender with him and Rose Windross on stage, like pinching myself, like what the fuck is happening? <laughs> but because wow. I used to MC um, in gay clubs doing R&B nights. So I knew, and I also know just from knowing like the wickedest soul and rare groove tunes, right. but doing all that R&B MCing that I used to actually, I grew to hate it because it was just too cheesy. Mm. But um, when I did the Soul to Soul, it all kind of made sense that I'd been practicing mm. basically how to be mm. a soul and R&B MC. And so, yeah, I got the job. I stayed there for 12 years. Holy mm. shit, 12 years. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that long a stint. That's yeah, that's yeah. Incredible. I was there wow. for bloody too long. Yeah, like when you start rolling your <laughs> eyes when they give you gigs, you know it's time to leave. So I want to, I want to kind of, um, I, I want to make sure this that it gets addressed before, before we're before we're done talking. Um, you've been uh, a very outspoken advocate yes. for marginalized communities, both in and out of dance music, but especially you know, in dance music, obviously, because that is mm -hmm. the realm in which you work. Um, yeah. you're, not, you're not afraid to call out, um, I don't know about specific promoters, but the promoter, <laughs> the promoter establishment. Oh boy, oh boy. I feel like a coward because I not, I don't name and shame enough. Right. I think because there's a lot more <laughs> that I know about many things that I should be saying and I don't actually have the balls to say it because I know the backlash is going to well, be yeah. so intense. Well, it is because you're I'm not in a strong enough place to be like, yeah, he did this, he said that, she there's did that. There's a responsibility it. So to that, though. There's a, exact, exactly. There is. You can't um, just snap on The way that I'm trying to do it is just bring a bit of awareness instead of just standing there and almost um, vomiting. That's some nonsense. Well, let's look at, I mean, we'll, uh-oh. Oh, she froze. 
froze for two there seconds. There, there she go. goes. Okay, she's back. back. She's back. I just wanted to get the vomiting. Well, I mean, we can look at a good example of backlash. And I'm not, and by the way, this is not me uh, saying that one side was more correct. Ladies and gentlemen, the, the back... temperature is about to raise. <laughs> the, 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 the statements of Valiant MC do not necessarily represent routine. <laughs> no, it does. It's all right. Um, it absolutely does. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the backlash that Montreal got for calling out U.S. Uh, flight. Oh, wait, actually. <laughs> good, good, good. I'm sorry. The backlash that Montreal got and Flight got for a few comments about um, a white DJ having a very similar name as a, as a black female DJ. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the backlash that they got was significant. And I definitely think that maybe if it was a guy saying it, it would not have been as venomous. There was a particular tenor to the venom that came at them, calling them cunts, calling them whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, all that stuff. There was a particular tenor that, that men don't necessarily get from other men, the way women sometimes get from men. Oh, I get trolled all the time if I, stay, if I say stuff. I had to come off Twitter and Facebook because of all the trolls, the oh, racism, telling me to go and kill myself. And call what? Nigga, nigga, right. Nigga, nigga, <laughs> Like, I had to just come away. And a lot of it was from America, actually, which mm -hmm. was weird. So I was like, the wait, king of trolls. Like, fucking look in your own yard. Why are you looking over here? Oh, yeah, yeah. But um, <clears throat> yeah, any time I say anything like that, I'm told that it's bullshit, shut the fuck up, that's not true. You're just saying stuff just to get attention and things like that. Right. And so sometimes when I'm not in the strongest mental health state i have to stay away from that kind of thing because the backlash is just disgusting yeah um were. it wasn't necessarily that he used the name it was the fact that flight as a black woman was basically being eradicated out of the scene that she's helped create um and that's what somebody taking your name does it mm -hmm. erases you because then that's his name so where's flight going to be if he is flight? Then what about flight before? Flight doesn't exist anymore because he's the new flight and he's got tracks out with Ram. So he's a bigger artist than she. But it's not about how many records you sold. It's about like who the fuck you are as a person and what you've right, right. What you've uh, what do you call it contributed. And so you can't contribute more than flight, mate. When you've just come out six months ago. And so the fact that they tried to eradicate her from the scene that she's contributed towards so massively was just disgusting. And then his whole attitude of, well, I spell it differently and nobody told me and I don't see why I should change my name. Um, his attitude was what spurned Mantra and other people to then say, this is unacceptable. Because if he just graciously said, oh, you know what, I genuinely didn't know and I'm so sorry and, you know, maybe I can add a USA or whatever and change. But, but he didn't. He came up with an attitude saying, well, why should he? Um, uh, I, I have really... one question. And this yeah. is probably the biggest question of it all. Do you really think that USA flight would eradicate legendary flight? Yeah. In yes, any... because yes, uh -huh. because loads of people were messaging Flight saying, "Who the fuck are you, dude? He's been making tunes. I've never heard of you." Because the new generation doesn't do their fucking history in rave 
They don't do it. In anything. People, in anything. I, I offered to go to an open mic night one time and they asked me to send them my CV. Wow. Right, wow. just to go what? and help out because they started a new drum and bass event. And so I said, I will come because they were like, oh, we're looking for MCs and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, I'll come just to help out and support another right. system. And then they were like, oh, can you send us your CV kind of? Send us your biog and we'll right. see if we want, if we, you know, if you're good enough kind of thing. And then that's crazy. Bless them, they looked through it and, you know, and it was okay in the end. But so call me that new generations aren't doing the history. Enough. Like I know where hip hop comes from. I know it was called Herc. I know it was a Jamaican guy in the Bronx and the Bronx was a powder keg of things in different communities right. and the gentrification of what was happening and the buildings being set on fire yep. and the whole system and the systemic racism a lot. and the poverty. Pounds and pounds of stress. These right. people had nothing and they were being squeezed and squashed and encouraged to fight each other, to take yep. each other out. But yep. they didn't. They came together and had parties and then the crews would battle. So it stopped right. death, basically. Yep. The hip-hop movement kept these kids alive. That's so right. I'm very aware of that. But go up to some kid in a rave now that's 22 or 20 years old. He doesn't know nothing about nothing. He only knows about Andy C. Right. True. He doesn't know... Chemistry and Storm, for example, never heard of him, doesn't know who you're talking about. Mm. And so there's a real problem with not only the history not being acknowledged, the women not being acknowledged. So when it's a historical woman, that's a double kind of whammy of let's just brush you to the side because you're almost irrelevant because you're not Andy C. You're not a white right. man. Well, basically. I mean, speaking for myself, I'd say that I wouldn't let any legend be uh over overcast by some uh noob or whatever have you without the information being put forth enough for them to understand exactly where they are and what they're doing yeah. in but general. the older ones didn't support that's why it kicked off as badly because actually if the scene if the men or if the sort of the foundations of this scene as we would right. call them mm -hmm. actually supported her and came out vocally and said like this isn't okay or whatever then it wouldn't have been a big deal but yeah. because my, people, my. some big people were kind of on his side like i don't know what all the drama is about and it was what? like well big, hold on, hold on. if somebody took your name what would you say i was and one I of those people for a second i ain't gonna lie well no the, the, but, 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 i don't want i don't want to yeah. i don't so yeah. so here's my <laughs> my biggest beef with this scenario was and I said this publicly, I was more upset with the internet as a whole on what they turned it into because I don't believe those conversations were even able to happen properly because of the vitriol rhetoric that was that happened almost immediately and no one got to get to the bottom of it uh they immediately called him a racist which I was like that's not how we have conversations you know what I mean uh, whether it was intentional whether he was going to change it whether he should have changed it or not we couldn't even get to that conversation with right. him, without the trolling that because happened I think first response triggered right. okay. so much if actually he humbled himself a little bit and actually contacted flight directly was it him or was it his following is the question on that you know what i mean both he put out both. a statement that was just like suck my dick i don't give a shit i've never heard of flight anyway mm -hmm. basically and, and that's that. when yeah that's when it's that. yeah. 
Yeah. He was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never heard of her. I just picked that name because I'm a dude. And it was like, so if you're going to join a scene, why didn't you just do just a quick Google to see whether or not that name is used by anybody else in this scene? And it would have, but and he must have. I get criticized a lot for playing Switzerland of staying in the middle and saying, I think you guys need to recognize that both these uh, perspectives are equally as important. And I think that when you don't understand, when you can simultaneously say, I wasn't being malicious, but she's overreacting, those two things aren't meeting in the middle. You're just stating exactly. both sides and exactly. that you need to meet in the middle. And it takes a complex conversation to do that. Yeah. I can understand why you're defensive on why you're not a racist and you didn't mean to do that, but you also have to understand the plight and the weight that comes with what you did. Those things have to meet in the middle. And until you understand that, you're just going but to be back until, and forth with this until conversation. Until white people realize that racism and being racist is so much more than just calling out the N-word or being aggressively the racist. Privilege conversation, what they right. don't acknowledge are the subtleties in societal racism that they do and they get away with all the time and yet they turn around and go, you're overreacting. His very wording was racist. And then mm. that's why he got called a racist because mm. of the way he was communicating was just perpetuating the advantages that he would have in this society, that he can do anything he likes and there's no backlash for it. Um, if he just came out originally with how it ended up where he was like, you know what, I didn't mean it, I'm so sorry, let me go away. Great. But he didn't. He got very defensive first and I think that that kind of brought his own house down because if he just had an open mind a bit more, but he's young, so I'm not expecting right. him to. Right. He is young. You know, and he did it. I have spoken to him behind closed doors and he said he reached out. I didn't see the statement where that, you know what I mean? He came off he that way. And I, you yeah. can't, you can't yeah. excuse it. So. He, can't he didn't. Excuse he, just tweeted, he just tweeted some oh, innate well, stuff that just wound uh, everybody up rather than actually just directly go to her and have a conversation. And, and not realizing but by that, that was, point, she was yeah. like, you know what, fuck off, because it was Black Lives Matter, and why is her For name sure. right. in the heat. being brought into all of that? So she right. just, that was it. And I, I, think that's, I think that's like getting lost in a lot of this, is like, um, while a lot of people um, are, are questioning the, uh, the tactics of there's the supporters on both sides saying it was too vitriolic and blah blah blah. At the same time, what does DJ Flight owe anybody? No, like she doesn't owe. No, she doesn't nothing. owe anybody any kind of nothing. any kind of civility or anything. She, I mean, she really doesn't even have to say. Right. She doesn't. She doesn't I'm not, I was. I was never. Never combated. Stayed out of it. Yeah. I. I was. I just. In a time where things were extremely sensitive, some I, things that were said I, by other people almost yeah. were just out of line, period. Right. Point yeah. blank. It was hard and watching it was just... people go to him. It was hard watching people go to him and listening to what he had to say and nobody went to her. Mm. So that was where the rest of us who support her uh -huh. were getting upset because it was like, oh, so all a lot of men in the scene were going to him and having conversations with him about it and nobody calling her. I know a couple of people contacted her to check she was okay. That's all they had to do. Hey sis, are you okay? That was all she needed from people that she's known for 30 years. And so that was hard to watch 
people that she's known for all this time that apparently love her that were all commenting of a sudden, on him right. or speaking to him and not speaking to her when actually yeah. she's been in the scene for 25 years. Really respectfully, you should step to the sister first. I mean, I really say, think... Before you get involved in what he has to say, you should find out what she has to say first. Right. But she stayed out of it because his followers just went for her on her Twitter. Yeah, so it, she had to come off social media and and that's where I disagree with it because it wasn't anybody's business really but him and hers. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say from jump. There's a uh, there do it, y'all. Like this should be a conversation right. between them and them only. Like everybody else jumping in yeah. this is unnecessary. There's a popular there's this meme that I saw just the other day that describes this whole situation and it's cop cars on the corner of a block. There's some type of thing, activity going on, and it looks crazy wild. But if you look at the other side of the picture, there's a dude with a mow, with a with a lawnmower mowing his lawn, and on top it says, "What is this guy doing right?" And I laughed every time I saw it because he's minding his business, right. and that is literally the story of it all. Um, to touch, just I know we're about to wrap it up, but to touch on. Um, one thing that I say that is a bit positive out of it is the call outs out of all this COVID sure. situation, right? You know what I'm saying? Number two, there's this huge thing called EQ50 that's going on. That's I was going to say, I didn't want to end on a negative. Or... Let's talk about that. Come yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about uh, that. That's originally what I was trying to get to when I brought right. up. I know you were. And yeah. I, just, I was like, <laughs> right. Um, oh, but, uh, but the, loaded the, the, questions, eh? Right, right. But the whole, the whole thing is, uh, it, it feels okay. I'm wondering how things would turn out. And I know it's, it's sort of like, I won't mention it because if I mention this label, blah, blah, blah. They tried these templates that didn't work. And this is sort of filling <laughs> in. Who are you talking about, Trey? No, I'm not talking to Nova. <laughs> 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 I just know who wanted... you're talking about, but I know who you're talking right. about. But I can't know who um, you're talking about. Well, Chickaboo, I just wanted to know what is your take on how things are handled specifically with EQ50 in general, of what they're trying to do for the industry with more representation of women in general. And should more people contact? You not just women, <laughs> not just women, but like not just women, but like I want you to kind of also address the. Um, the increased inclusion of the queer community within their okay. own base as well. Yeah, so definitely. if you could talk about both of those things, that'd be great. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's a very homophobic scene. Yeah. And um, I, for one, at first it was quite difficult and then it was okay. Um, a couple of the major guys were all right with me and my sexuality and stuff and were like, you know, Tickaby's all right or whatever. And so it wasn't too, too bad. But I know um, for gay boys and um, for more queer, non-conformative folk, you know, um, it's, it's really difficult, even though they love the music. Um, I just did a show with Nathan X, who's, um, he mm -hmm. drag, drags up, gets met, dressed up in drag and plays the maddest jump up drum and bass jungle. I went to an event of his and saw people in drag and gay people dancing to jump up drum and bass for the first wow. time in my life. Wow. In nearly 30 years, I've never seen that. I've never seen it because I go to gay clubs and I drum and bass, but never the two together, like my two worlds just collided and I felt really weird and really happy, but really weirded out by 
the two coming together and so yes eq50 we're just trying to incorporate a safe zone for women and non-conformity women and people that present as women and just to be a bit more open-minded and accepting of just anything that's not like you know the norm um say and that's all that's all we're trying to do really like eq50 ladies are just very open-minded people that want to involve everybody we just want to see more women and more you know round the corner people what i would call them <laughs> you know the ones who are around the corner and um so yeah i'm mm. i'm really up for it it's a slow process like i say yeah. it's been nearly 30 years and only now i'm seeing stuff like this right like this and, and as a male becoming you know a heterosexual male who's 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 um I hate saying things like dealing with it because that's not dealing with it at all. Just beginning to understand the world around me better. Um, we've had Sophie on, we've had Reed Speed on. Um, and one thing I, I noticed to them reaching a point where it's not even a discussion, even when you said just now, like it's getting better because people are like, oh, Chickaboo's all right. It's like, wait, why does it have to be a, even a, a thing? You know what I mean? It's like, so like um, even dealing with my, my sister who, or excuse me, See, there we go. My brother now who was dealing with it, it's like we never had a discussion on the changeover or anything because it's not a thing to me. You know what I mean? And when we can reach as a society where it's not even a thing, then things get a little easier. The the hardest thing for me at this point is learning terminologies. The fact of of what it is is not an issue to me it's nothing so yes. when the scene the pronouns, I feel maybe, like, but that right, would just that, take a bit of time that's just know, education like, you know yeah. so what, just, watching you guys just be making sure that this becomes like you said the norm is 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 a beautiful thing to to watch it's, it's just hard to see now because i i just think about back to um uh to jordana 187 and whose life was really ruined in a lot of ways when she came out as trans and she got literally like I was on tour with her and the tour manager said that they felt very uncomfortable eating around her yeah it was fucking bizarre man she got beat up a few um, times like she got why like, would he not want to eat, eat yeah it was like, fucking crazy with it like it was and so she, stupid she's still dealing I talked to her, uh, I don't know, like six months ago or seven months ago. Oh, did you? Yeah, and I, because there was a few things that came that she kind of, she, uh, there's a few things that she le levied at, at Soul Slinger, actually, um, oh. about their relation, about their, their interactions uh, over the years, which were not good. And what's crazy is I went back and I looked at a comment. Is that jealousy, that I made. though? Because... 187 used to have the heaviest dubs, like the stinkingest bag of dubs, right? Uh, I, I, I don't really know, but I mean, I, dubs, I, definitely, right? <laughs> I definitely know that a lot of like, I, look, I, I, I even made, I, I went back and I looked at a, a thread, on, uh, an old thread from Dogs on Acid, and even a comment that I made was like, not like anti-trans at all, but it definitely was like uh, super like insensitive to like as far as pronouns are concerned and stuff like that. And, that and I was like, holy shit, like I can't believe that was my thinking in 2005. You know what I mean? Well, like, well, and, and so, yeah. 
look, protected we've all I think societies, you're man. saying it was protected in 2005. And well, I know, but what I'm saying oh, is yeah. I'm just looking at, like, I talked to, like I said, I talked to her like six months ago. She's still dealing with all those repercussions now. She can't, it's hard for her to come back into the music to try to, like, reestablish her legacy because a lot of people are still kind of, like, hands off with her. And so, like, people, it's, it's, it's the typical story. Like, any time that there's people who are, like, um, pioneers and trying to make inroads in terms of like gaining civil rights for their community and stuff like that those early people are frequently left in the dust when it comes yeah. to actually reaping the benefits of finally getting those rights and Which like weird though you, because in in the history of it all like the grand scheme of history there's been a lot of powerful gay people a lot of powerful queer people behind the scenes pushing like civil rights movement behind the scenes right but what i'm saying is that they never or let's be real, they might be right in front of us and they just covered it up until you have to find out later. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, acceptance is, a, is right. the main thing. All you want to do is just be accepted by your peers, by your colleagues, by your family. But that, that is all as a queer person. That, right. that is everything. To mm -hmm. just like, for me, to just be in a place and I can go and get on the mic, do my job and leave without being gay bashed. That means right. everything to me because it used to happen a lot. And so now in society, it happens to me a lot less. I'm a bit older now. I'm not trying to get all up mm -hmm. in the mix and that stuff, but I've been spat on and dragged and punched and kicked and, you know, like threatened to be raped a thousand times, you know, just cause Jesus that's what would Christ. be good for me. Right, I know what's good for you. Like I've been told that many, many times, especially like in raves and clubs and stuff when it was just a bit darker, like when jungle kind of turned a bit darker, mm -hmm. and that the homophobia is was bad, like really bad. Sorry, <clears throat> that was cool. That was cool. Nah. <laughs> uh, low battery. Back to the original slide. We're good. And so, um. Yeah, that's why. Because if even me, with my sort of presenting, even able to fit into this heterosexual world in drum and bass, even me is going to get it, then what's somebody that presents like right. 187 gone through? Right. So I know from hearing people talk, and they felt that it was okay to talk about her to me. Ouch. That's right. the thing. And so, yeah, I, I just feel it for her, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mentally, yeah. It, she's absolutely probably mentally worn at this point in time of livelihood as we're still learning. And there's, it's almost, yeah, it's, it's pretty synonymous with what Black folk, of course, has been going through all their lives. Of, that actually baffles and, me more. You know fact, what I mean? That's another thing, too. Yeah, she's, she's black, not, only, not only trans, she's Black. Right. Yeah, trans and, and women are, I think it's wild that... Um, Look, we all, the black community as a whole grew up hip hop, reggae, which was extremely right. homophobic back in the mm -hmm. days. And that was just kind of embedded in our brains that that was the norm and that was acceptable. But at the same time, in these moments of, of trying to find that acceptance and learn and process new information and adjust and to become okay with these things that you get so much pushback from the black community that has like been oppressed for so long it's like how can you not how does why does that not translate 
so easily. And I, I think that's a that's a weird hurdle to try to, to overcome. I mean, that's like... I think first... you said it right there. How can the oppressed have any understanding for anything other than the way they've been oppressed? That's all mm. they know. So I find that the more repressed people or a group of people are, the less open-minded that they are. Yes. Because they don't have the room or privilege for being open-minded because they're right. so oppressed. Right. So it's kind of, you know... Yeah, you it's wake up every morning place. and you expect worse or you expect less or you expect this not to happen or you expect these doors to always be shut and it's yeah. put it in your brain. And it's Yeah, it's, why you know, why why is there any sort of like why if we're the same, why are we attacking each other? Right. And that's because of an external influence that's got inside of us and is oh. stopping us from having that connection, right. I think. You know. If we're not told to dislike each other or oh be a bit, you know, um dismissive if you weren't told that you wouldn't have been but you were told that though those differences in them makes them less better than yourself and it's not necessarily somebody that's done that it's when society is constantly telling you that you're right or you're wrong but they do that so black guys are constantly vilified and animalized and made into these things when actually, as you know, Valiant, that's not actually true. But in society, as a white person, you're told constantly to be scared of black people mm -hmm. or be wary of black people. And so in society, as straight people, you're told to be wary of queer people and gay right. people because they're different. And that might upset your life. And so it's, just, it's just a constant internalization. So I don't have so much personal blame for people for the the influences that we've been told since the day we were born is not to be too different to be different enough so you shine and you're successful but not so non-conformative that you stick out and you won't be a part of successful society because you need to be rich and successful in order to like you know whatever that's the sort of gold star of like, you've made it. But actually we know being a bit sort of different and on the outskirts of that mainstream society, we know that's all bullshit. Complete. But unless you are in our area, that fine line between trying to live a regular life, but we're also part of a scene that is a punk scene. We're on the outskirts of society, we're all punks but then we still have to live and pay taxes. So it's a that really like a fine line that we have as musicians, like to like be understanding and open-minded, but then also be part of this. We have to pay the bills and raise kids and, and do all of be that. Part so, of society. Right, right. Oh, I don't know, my brain's already gone now. No, we <laughs> <laughs> just got deep for a second. Yeah, it no, it's we're living in a society where we're taught that success allows yeah. you to be weird as opposed to, you know, what I mean, just being who you are. And that's yeah, it's yeah. not a reward. You, you just be who you be. Yeah. Um. So hey, uh, just so you guys know, yeah. I actually have to uh, jump out here. Yeah, we yeah, all gotta go. We're about to wrap uh, it up right now. Work. Wait, so. way to make it weird, Valiant. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> let's, let's do this endless properly. I. I can't express enough how happy I am that you came on the show. Um, I know, I'm it's pumped about it. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure. A lot of people were hyped to have you on, so I'm glad we got this oh, recorded. Thanks for we asking will... me. I yeah. mean, Jesus, I don't know what I've just spoken about for the last 90 minutes. But... <laughs> <laughs> no one ever does. This is what this show is. We just randomly talk and forget about everything until we play it it's back. It's a load of bollocks. Yeah, yeah, it's all bullshit.
Thank you so much for us. Checkable. Really Anytime you got anything you want to share with us, don't don't hesitate. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to come back on the show for 2021 and do something on I the, would love that. Next you know time I'll have a few moments later. Totally nice. editing this part out of the video because uh, people are stealing our ideas. That's true, they are. They are they are doing that. But yeah, but hey, thank you so very much for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Please, please have you again and have the most wonderful day possible and we will speak soon. Oh, thank you very much, lads. It was really nice talking to you. Thank you. Always pleasure. Legend, Chickaboo. Thank you guys. Rosie and Putin. Gang gang. We're on mute. <laughs> on mute. God damn it. Anyway, you good now? No, no we we're not. Good. Good. No, no, we're, we're not. not we're, we're not. not we're, they can't hear us. Fine. Relax. It's on. I got it. My Twitter's all loud. Shit. Okay. Look at that. It's so that wrong again. All right. All right. So here we go. Right. I didn't say anything, but before we get into anything, one, thank you, Chickaboo, for coming on. Absolutely legendary shit from beginning Definitely. to end. Status. I was saying like she's the first person to come on like uh, and and mansplain us instead of track doing Absolutely. Anything, like you know what I mean? she's, she's so eloquent in everything she, she took said. the crown brother don't even worry about yeah, it yeah for sure also we all have a new wave dance now so that's fun we can do that and uh, yeah so super shout out to her here's what I'm gonna do and I'm gonna tackle this immediately head on so whoever's not in the chat and didn't type what i said completely understands where we are, we are in positioning and things like this nothing gets done in this world without uncomfortable conversations period and i want whoever is going to go and turn and twist whatever words around into anything this is coming from a woman who gave you her perspective on things and the conversation specifics were no more than just a vehicle to a much larger conversation about representation and what that means and, and lifting up the black community and the, the queer community from beginning to end that entire segment was about a perspective that everyone needs to listen not the specifics we've had flight on this show i've defended flight publicly i've called flight and i've talked to flight in private this is not about flight okay that happened to be the catalyst to a much bigger conversation that situation specifically is done already like we not you right know it's, I mean? now. it's not it's a rehash it's, it's not a rehash it's just part of the story it's yeah. a part of a much bigger conversation that we all need to be having we had it on this show for a number of reasons i'm going to say some things right now that probably going to get me in trouble not really uh -oh. but whatever I'll tell you what, I won't even get specific, so I leave people out of it. We've had three guests come to this, sh four now, four separate guests that were supposed to come to this show that we turned down because we are not a reactionary podcast. We are not going to do this show for gossip or tick chat or talk. We give perspectives to see who these people are as human beings. And if you can't respect that, you're listening to the wrong podcast. And I don't know what to say to you anymore. But 
that's what it's about. It's not choosing sides or anything. It's to give a perspective. And that's all we will ever try to do while we all try to sort through this mess that we've been dealing with our entire lives and face face with during this pandemic. All we ever try to do is bring you the proper perspective and listen to the people who are going through it. We love each and every single one of y'all, and we respect your opinions, too. And I will always be open about it, whether it's racism, whether it's dealing with mental health, whether it's dealing with the, the, the LGBT community, anything. We're going to speak about it as adults and have the conversation. And if you're triggered for the wrong reasons, I apologize on that. Please dig deeper and see the bigger picture. Yeah, I mean, just to add on real quick. We want everybody to learn. Nobody knows everything, especially about humans and genders and sexes and how people live and whatever. You know, it's it's we all need to be comfortable while we're on this earth. And I think that's something we should especially try to achieve in our scene, which is very welcoming of trillions of different cultures of people. And going into 2021, I want to see everybody in the motherfucker. I'll be honest. I want to see everybody having fun, smiles, pictures, nobody looking at any. And you know what? And if you are looking at them, where go over and say hi and say, yeah, I never blah, blah, blah. Conversation kills the bullshit. Every and time. that's it's what, why I play Switzerland. Yeah. I know everybody makes fun of me for it, but it's why I play Switzerland. It's why I do it. Is I can stand on the same side of the fence of saying we need to educate more just as much as they need to listen, but without saying that you don't listen. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not pointing out anybody in this chat. I know that might have sounded a little, but maybe we need to deliver the message better. Like, there's, it's got to go both ways on both sides. Like, nothing's going to get done. We're going through a political issue right now with Trump and all kinds of craziness. If we don't talk to each other, we're going to destroy each other and if it it takes an uncomfortable conversation i have countless conversations with republicans on a regular basis about how we can change things and those conversations ain't fun man they're not but nothing gets done unless we have these convos so that's what we about that's what we've always been about you know our stances we've not changed since this thing has started um we've got love for everybody you know and we want you to come here and get and and have your perspective heard that, that's really it so with that yeah. being and said i, I want i, I just, just want to very quickly say too i don't want people in the chat thinking that we're like <clears throat> somehow allowing some some, some kind of sideways talk because i know this is what happens about yeah. justin and all that stuff that's not this is literally not what happened. Everything that we have typed in the chat and everything that we've said on the show, we have said to Justin personally. Um, and Justin has had the opportunity to talk on the show about what went down, and he chose to talk how much he talked about it. Like, he didn't talk about it on the show. And that was his choice to do so. To him, it was a lot for him, and I understand that. Yeah, to him, the situation is settled. respected that. Um, and so, you know, as far as we are concerned, it's settled too. And we want to, we want to continue talking about that particular topic only as an example of the bigger discussion that, that Chickaboo and flight as artists represent with EQ50. And that is preserving the blackness, number one, of drone based music and, uh, and trying to find a way to maximize and to, uh, preserve women's role in the music as well, as well as grow it. So they constantly, you know, those artists look at everything through that lens. Everything. They are 
I kind of in a fighting stance, you know, about it. So they are still passionate about it and everything like that. And so, and being the ones that are, have been in the scene for more than a quarter century, um, they are not the ones that necessarily need to be initiating these discussions because they are the ones who have been in there since the beginning. It's the people who are newer to the game that need to be initiating it with them. And so a couple of people talked about, oh, you know, flight needs to talk to flight. Well, actually, no, that's not really what needs to happen. Um, I think that they are there to be talked to if people need to talk that's to them. them. That's up to them. And that's right. Them. And that's when, and so they're there. No one's stopping anybody from talking to them and no one's stopping uh, anybody from having a discussion with them. So that's all I really got to say about that. Yeah, the, look, we, we brought Chickaboo on the show because of who she is, what she stands for. And we She's started the show... We started this show so you can see these the human side of these people and not just a name on a flyer. Sure. So we went through this whole discussion about her upbringing and everything so that by the time you got to the real issues on what she stands for, what EQ50 stands for, and you guys only...
you. Flames. That was that was yeah, man. That was if yeah, I had heard that at the rave back in the day, man. I go, I go, hold you. That almost got the first Roti and Poutine rewind. Yeah, <laughs> I was back there like, oh shit. You gotta shake that. Let's go get me started. I'm going to sleep singing this now. Yeah, that shit's in the disco in the Dropbox. (laughs) 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 Just for you know what I mean. You got the code. You got the code. Hey man, (laughs) um, pick up Burner Brothers in the chat right now. Oh yeah, BB Crew. Uh, Burner Brothers just releasing an album. They released a single about a month ago. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was dope. We actually have a song that was premiered yesterday on Bass Rush. Wait, it is out officially tomorrow. What you gonna you got a song with the Burner Brothers, I have bro? a song with the Burner Brothers. Ain't that oh, some shit? Snap. They were actually on the show. You can go watch it right now on YouTube. Almighty Rain and the Burner Brothers. <laughs> yeah, so we actually did a song. It is out tomorrow everywhere. It was premiered yesterday on Bass Rush. There is a video coming soon. We will talk about that at a different time. I'm very excited about that that as well but um if you guys want to hear the tune i brought it just see so i'm saying you you play it and shit pop that tape in all right that. <laughs> that tape but yeah sun. burner brothers this is called gold standard unmute what i'm not <laughs> muted stop fucking with me he think we playing a tune right now and letting everybody hear it probably so. <laughs> matter of fact never mind good night Shadow concepts, hollow follow the con, they were kind, they removed the mindset. We're firm in the foundation, no offering slick talker, this is all religion. Faith on pace with a water walker. Though there is no difference, we ain't the same, mainly my choices. We empathize with cries and refuse to disguise voices. At the table with the cool kids, foolish, I like a dark room. Blood is in the soil, the sweat is so that we all bloom. Go, be a soldier, no teacher, the soul reacher. Turn them all to believers, let's grow. Be the culture, the gold standard, the whole planet, no fear. No panic, just go. Be a soldier, no teacher, a soul reacher. Turn them on to believers, let's grow. Be the culture, the gold standard, the whole planet. No fear, no panic, just go.
Go, be a soldier, no teacher, the soul reacher. Turn them all to believers, let's grow. Be the culture, the gold standard, the whole planet. No fear, no panic, just go. Be a soldier, no teacher, the soul reacher. Turn them all to believers, let's grow. Be the culture, the gold standard, the whole planet. No fear, no panic, just go. fucking get ready for 2021 tune then you know if we had a party going on yeah just go new year's eve you're supposed <laughs> to throw this record on and the three two one and be ready to take off you need your astronaut suits with a mask on go you know what i mean you need everything man you need everything because it's going down big shout outs to uh burner brothers shout out, out to working burner brothers. On our family yeah man they're, yeah, they're yeah. really 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 pushing right now go check out the last uh single they did with alicia and uh this song comes out tomorrow so yeah you can get it tomorrow man you can get it right now actually it's 21 minutes past the hour um yeah so big up to them there, there will be a visual of that coming soon and uh excited about that as well I like how you said that real smooth. You didn't people didn't know that you said something about music video. You know, yeah, it's um, just a little, you know. You need just you know, it's a little something. It's a little something. You gonna spend two more seconds just to let you know there's a visual happening. Just a little. And you gotta get ready to check it out. You know what I mean? I hate y'all. You know what I mean? Right, you heard about that, right, Valiant? The visual? All right. Visuals. Yeah, you know, visuals. Yeah. Amani visuals, right? Amani uh, visuals. Yes, Burner Brothers. I am, I am. I am working on the visual to the Okay. Okay. All right. I can't stand y'all sometimes. <laughs> just, uh, just wait just uh, wait till I come at you guys, guys with the sock puppet videos. Oh Lord. Hey, it's I, I told you I'm not against it. I'm doing it. It's yeah. happening. Valiant sleeping on smokes. We ain't gonna do that. I was gonna give you the Mason treatment right now, but we're not gonna do that. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> yo, that's our show. Oh, we yeah. technically have like eight minutes left to meet that like imaginary thing we meet. Yeah, I'll cut the shit off right now. 
I just got quiet for a second. I was like, I know. Wow. Did you see how I did that? That was great. This is called content. This is premiere content. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, uh, seriously, though, the tune is out tomorrow. Uh, We listen to two Chickaboo tunes that are phenomenal. Uh, We have a pretty good episode next week. Mm. Yeah, we got some more fireworks coming uh, going into the last few episodes, episodes of the season. season. Um, yeah, I can't believe I'm even calling it a season because we were just getting up doing what we're doing. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we, I'm not going to fight Christmas or New Year's. I don't nah. think we should either. All right, let's, and, let's, let's clarify. We didn't we, we didn't do anything on Thanksgiving. We're not going to do anything on Christmas or New Year's. Right, but right. we do have two very special episodes coming up leading you into You don't want to miss. You do not. You definitely don't want to miss. For those who are super fans of the show, if you think really hard, the Christmas special. <laughs> the Christmas special is what's There's clues. There's clues. Bread comes. Can I say anything more? Giveaways. Nah, don't. Because I, you uh, like. Unless it's confirmed. You like Winston. You just go way too far. Yeah, I know. I know. Right. We got that jinx going on. Like it's Beatles. You're like, no, say it's too much. Anyway, so. We left breadcrumbs for those who've been fans of the show, been watching the whole time. That's right. Uh, we did say that we were going to do this thing, and that thing is coming. No, it's not Andy C. Why would you even? Because they, they saw you on stage with, with Andy C, C man. I'm going to call for sure. Yes. No, no, no. I was going to say it was. <laughs> like, yo. I mean, we have seen several artists that have Armani has toured with. Who's Andy it's not Andy so, C, ladies and gentlemen. But no, it is not Andy C. Actually, fucking start that room when I get back, and we'll talk to him in January. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's not. It is not the super homie Andy. It's, it's also not Diesel Boy. Diesel Boy's gonna have to have to get rescheduled after our current calendar is concluded, mm-hmm. yes. and that's kind of stretching a bit far right now. So we will figure that out. But no, it's neither of them. But yeah, it's gonna be dope. It's gonna be giveaways. It's gonna be fun. Uh, next week's going to be giveaways. Yeah, plural. Give up. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna I give can, away some. I can, I can scrap, scrap some up. Yeah, yeah I can scrap up a couple things. You can make it happen. You guys hit the jam app. I'm giving a little Christmas prize package for whatever. You know what I mean? We can do it. You know what I mean? All right. Look. Stay tuned. God damn it. And it's gonna be dope. Uh, I, I'm really looking forward to that. I had something else to say. You said said caliber. I would love oh, it. Oh, man, we wish. <laughs> come on now. I like, it's impossible. Shit. The white whale is Danny. Oh, the, the white whale, whale is absolutely Danny. Danny Bookham's the. I'm saying it publicly on air, Danny. Yeah, we, we got to be watching. This man is not up paying attention to me right now. Um, <laughs> We already asked him. He said, no. Nah. <laughs> nah, nah, I love good. Daddy. I love Daddy. He's I'm good. Out of time. He'd be a great conversation. We're going to put it out in the air. Anyway, uh, Coupons and Burger King. I got you. Coupons and Burger King. I'm on it. I had some McDonald's gift certificates around the holiday time. Remember that? They had the gift, the McDonald's gift certificates. You remember that when you were a kid, you see commercials. I'm like, what the fuck is a gift certificate? I had no idea when I was a little kid. And I was like, why are they so special? Free burgers. Free fries? You give me fries for Christmas? For what dollar fries? fries? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Hey, uh, shout out on, on, a, on a note. One, 
big up to MJ. He couldn't be in the chat because he's healing. Um, shout out to Sugar Brat. We love you, MJ. Going well. Shout out to Eso. Um, I'm sorry to hear about your mom's man. That's that's God bless. Family. God bless. This community is yeah. with you. Um, and you know, so it ends on a, oh, this isn't what I was going to end on. What's, what's up? I had something else to say, but it's time to go. So I'm gonna give y'all. I'm gonna give y'all. Why you gotta do that? (laughs) I can't remember what it was because we was bugging. Uh, But I am gonna give you the dad joke, and then we'll go. Oh yeah, I'm not prepared. Go ahead. And y'all do remember at the beginning of this episode, Valiant was like, oh, fine, went out, and we know what happened. Yeah, I didn't. I was too busy being tired. Sorry. Yeah, man, he's so love for sure. Um, here's the joke. You ready? Also, PlayStation, PlayStation, PlayStation put out a dad joke book. You should go pick it up. It's for sale. That's not where I got all this right. joke at all. I actually got it from my sister. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna hold you. Uh, but she told the joke. You ready? Here we go. Drum roll. <laughs> Make it all stupid. Uh, a bear walks into a bar, walks right up to the bartender and says, hey, let me get a rum and Coke. And the bartender was like, what was with the big paws? And the bear said, I've had them my whole life. <laughs> and that's how we end the whole night. <laughs> I like that one. I like that one. That one's good. <laughs> <laughs>